by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever, but I ask you please Don't fence me Live from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Yes, everybody, it's Radio Free Almond. Hi, and happy Wednesday to all of you. Cation is going to come in about 6.30 and ruin everything. And then about 7.30... Pamela Geller, PamelaGeller.com, TheGellerReport.com. Whenever you want to, wherever you want to go, there's Pam making her return to the Almond Radio brand. Obviously, you know she used to be on back in the old days and now is going to be here with me again. 7.30, so that's cool. Actually, it's even better. She's she's live. And normally what would happen is she would be taped and taper and then play her the next day on the radio show, old radio show, but now she's she going to be live, so that's even better. Also, my buddy Chris Kahneman is going to be in with us at about 8 o'clock or so, a little bit around there, a little bit after 8, from Mattress King, which is one of the first advertisers, one of the first people to support Radio Free Almonds, Chris. I really appreciated that, for sure. And then also wanting to and pleased to announce the addition of yet another supporter of the show, and that would be none other than Matthew Mitchell of the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. So Matt is back with me. He's my car insurance guy. He's my home insurance guy. He's my life insurance guy. And he definitely wanted to make a statement and support Radio Free Omen and support me. And indeed, that's exactly what he's doing. 855-QUOTE-ME. 855-QUOTE-ME. We have a fancy, fancy three-camera shoot today, right, Matt? Is that what we got? Awesome. Good. Cool. Yeah, so we've got that going for us. It's the three camera. So we're going to see Kaysen and Chris close up. And guess who else you're going to see close up today? You're going to see none other than Austin Peterson fresh off his suspension on Twitter. So he's been suspended again. This time it was for... Just basically a simple joke. I mean, this was just, this is a joke about Stalin, of all things. 
So there was a person who tried to link Peterson's campaign to Russia collusion. I don't know whether you remember all that stuff that happened earlier in the week. It was the biggest baloney story I've heard in a long time. Claire McCaskill, there was some claim somehow that there was an attempt to hack her campaign, which the BS meter pinned the minute I heard that. Because, of course, she is one of the senators, the Democrat senators, who whose job is in peril. And this Russia thing is just the biggest crock of crap anyway. And I just saw the other day that Facebook now has announced they've uncovered the possibility that people were trying to juice campaigns for 2018, which simply is a pretense for them to go in and start to scrub any kind of pro-conservative type of thing going on on Twitter. And that's really what they're doing. It's, it's a pretense. It's, a, it's something they set up with the express desire down the line of doing more heavy monitoring of messages that are going on on Facebook. And so that stinks to high heaven, too. They're, have you ever seen, by the way, they keep on talking about this, and I did see one rally, I think, that there was some claim that it was being promoted by some IP address that went back to Russia or whatever. But really, in the end, have you ever seen yet a Russia ad? They always talk about these ads. They talk about these things, but they never give you any examples of exactly what is going on on Facebook. I think they gave one, which was this rally promotion, and it was some kind of left-wing gathering. They were promoting, I don't know, to divide the country, whatever. And uh, we divide ourselves by ourselves just fine, thank you very much, without the Russians. Our politicians divide us, thank you very much, without the Russians. And so Facebook announcing, oh, we discovered all this stuff, is just simply them preparing to try to erase any kind of influence that conservatives might have down the line in for 2018. They're not going to let they're not going to let this, the election of 2016 happen again. Mark my words, they're hell bent on it and they are absolutely not going to let anything of the sort happen. So you're already hearing Claire McCaskill, who's preparing herself to be potentially a sore loser in the next campaign, claiming that there was evidence of – it's funny how, how quickly the story went away. It was like, oh, yeah, so apparently somebody tried to hack into Claire McCaskill's campaign. Claire McCaskill says she will not be daunted. Story over. We're like, uh, can you prove to us somehow? Do you know, have any names? Do you have any proof? Do you have any evidence that they tried to hack into her campaign? And none of it's been provided. It's just been Claire McCaskill being allowed to run out there and talk about how Russia is attempting to influence her campaign. Anyway, there was a blogger for a site called Share Blue tried to link Austin's campaign with Russia collusion. And he fired back and it was a little bit of a you know kind of one of these moving pictures they call a gif whatever gif i don't know and he said it said off to gulag now or gulag you know i'm not i don't get my stalinesque pronunciations always correct but gulag 
Uh, the blogger initially linked Peterson with Russia because Claire McCaskill had been targeted by Russian hackers. And Peterson had posted that his campaign was accepting Bitcoin contributions. And or, of course, this person criticized it because Russia used Bitcoin to fund many of its online activities. So this person was basically just making stuff up as she was going along. And and they, they know that Peterson and, for that matter, other Republican candidates are a threat to Claire McCaskill ultimately. And so he just was basically kidding around and responding with this conspiracy implication by using Stalin in it. So then Twitter, apparently because he used Stalin in the in the moving picture, was given a 12-hour Twitter suspension as punishment. Twitter wrote to him, you may not engage in the targeted harassment of someone or incite other people to do so. We consider abusive behavior an attempt to harass, intimidate, or silence someone else's voice. Wow. It's interesting how, as far as I remember, the entire reason why I was run off of the air over at 97.1 and beyond was because Twitter was used to silence my voice by an entire legion of individuals. There were individuals who were, well, working for a state rep named Stacy Newman, her own dopey slow son, or stepson, that is, Drew, was responsible for putting together all kinds of bots and things that were utilized on Twitter to silence my voice. So how is it that Twitter decided they were going to allow the targeted harassment of me and the inciting of other people to do so and the attempt to silence me. How was that allowed? If that's really what their rule is, I mean, I, listen, I can, I can take it. I'm not, I'm not, but, but, but if they're after targeted harassment or attempts to silence someone else's voice, I, I'm, I, I would imagine that, that whatever was happening with me on Twitter fit the bill there. Pretty amazing. I'm not, remind me, remind me to send that policy to my attorneys because Twitter was apparently violating its own policy by allowing Stacey Newman and her flying monkeys to all do the bidding to get me off the air. So that's a new one to me that you can do whatever you want to on Twitter, I guess, unless you're a conservative. So Austin shared all the screenshots on his Facebook page and then talked about the tolerant left. He'll be in with us eventually. He'll be in maybe earlier than 8. We'll see. I asked him to be in maybe earlier than 8. We arranged 8, and I thought, well, maybe we can come in earlier. But now it's a uh, 12-hour Twitter ban which isn't good for a, for a person who is running for office, by the way, this close to the, the election because Peterson has been utilizing social media to a large degree 
And so the 12-hour Twitter ban, it's just harassment on the part of Twitter. But remind me, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, uh, wow, this policy. You may not engage in the targeted harassment of someone or incite other people to do so. We consider abusive behavior or an attempt to harass, intimidate, or silence someone else's voice. Wow. Didn't, didn't know that was their policy, but that's precisely what's going on now. Keep in mind, uh, Austin had come under fire also over the 3D gun issue and the semi-automatic gun issue. I mean, you name it, they've been watching him. And that's what Twitter does is they, they decide themselves they're going to start targeting people. And what happened was is, is these left-wingers probably turned him in for utilizing the Stalin reference. I'm trying to figure out, though, remember when President Trump was running and all the references to Hitler that were made? How many times did you see mock-ups or Hitler-esque type of tweets that had Hitler in them? How many times did the left use images of concentration camps and things like that when they were talking about President Trump's immigration policy? How many times did they utilize that? Boy, but boy, as I remember, I saw Hitler reference after Hitler reference. I saw people who were being at rallies who were being turned into brown shirts at a Hitler rally. But apparently you can put images of Hitler up all you want, but you can't do Stalin. I don't I don't get it. Neither does Austin. He'll be in with us in just a little bit. Now, as you know, the latest news is that the court now has struck down this 3D gun thing after lawyers in eight states decided they were going to try and block the 3D gun ability. Now, the Newsbusters guys have a really good the really good breakdown of just how the media gets this story about 3D plastic weapons is being totally screwed up in terms of the accurate reporting. So you guys know this Texas company released the, or wanted to release the online instructions for 3D printing of guns. And of course, everybody thinks that, uh, that I guess what, uh, homie's going to be up in the shanty printing 3D guns. Is that, is that, have you ever tried to get a 3D printing machine, by the way? Just wanted to wanted to ask you about that because 3D that's the whole thing about 3D investments. People were in, investing in 3D technology, and for a while there it was going great, but it's not going that great because they're still very expensive machines to get. But no one did any of their homework, apparently, according to Newsbusters, at least, in trying to stoke the public fear of these guns. So this judge in Seattle, who's a liberal federal judge, blocked the release of these instructions yesterday. And the broadcast networks all basically just lauded this decision as, you know, basically a 
you know, a fantastic decision that President Trump himself has blood on his hands and everything else. And I, I, the, they called it the next gun threat. Now, this, this, this is a Cody Wilson and his company, Defense uh, Distributed. And the Trump administration was the one being blamed for allowing 3D guns after all over the street after the Obama administration sued to block them. But people don't realize that the, the instructions for and blueprints to build firearms have been available online for years. And this case was all about the international sale of firearms since the blueprints were online. And so the Obama administration in in trying to keep these guys from doing this, they were only concerned because the files would be available for international downloads and international use. And it, it's it's legal and will remain legal for U.S. citizens to print firearms. It's, it's just – that's just the reality of it, regardless of the outcome of this case. You know that, right? That no matter what happens, the availability of 3D weaponry instructions will continue to be available to U.S. citizens. So – these news anchors and news people are crazy. You want to you hear how crazy they are? Let's turn out to a late development of the race to stop what some fear is the next gun threat. Plastic <laughs> weapons, 3D knockoffs, lethal, homemade, and hard to detect. The technology is accessible, and so are the guns. And tonight, a federal judge has just blocked the release of blueprints for the guns after several states took legal action to stop their release. NBC's Tom Costello has late details. Now, keep in mind, they're, they're not even mentioning that regardless of the outcome of this case, you're still going to be able to print and see blueprints of weaponry online. They completely have no concept of what this means or the reality of all this, and it's only discussing international sale access to these 3D weaponry blueprints. So even after the case is adjudicated and everything else, you can still go online and find various 3D instructions that are online anyway. But they, they didn't care about that. I mean, they're, they're acting like this is going, this is the, the white knights coming in to save you from 3D weaponry, even though it's been available already for years. You could already – in fact, I think – it's my understanding. I think one of the first things I saw when the 3D technology got hot was a guy making a handgun with 3D technology. That didn't stop these guys. They didn't care. They almost look like plastic toys, but experts insist so-called ghost guns can be very lethal. Nine state attorneys general and Senate Democrats have tried to block this man, Cody Wilson, from posting free 3D printer instructions online. Detailed instructions, including for building parts of AR-15 style rifles, were set to go online for anyone to access at midnight. 
even though already you can access them well before midnight or anything else, they acted like this company was the one company on the planet that was introducing 3D weaponry. And the reality is they were not. Pushing them, a Texas group called Defense Distributed. On their website, The Countdown, the age of the downloadable gun formally begins. Founder Cody Wilson making his case to Wired. The people have a right to, to this kind of data. Is it the end of gun control? Like, I think it is in, in an essential sense. For years, the Obama administration fought the group in court. But the Trump administration recently backed down, clearing the way for the gun blueprints to be posted. These gun blueprints have been already posted on a variety of different sites. And the only reason why this guy was saying that there, it's officially begun is because it was more widespread and easily accessible. But even still, the Obama administration, the reason why they blocked this to begin with was because they were concerned about international access. It had nothing to do with your access to these blueprints. Now, an 11th hour legal battle. Eight states and the District of Columbia suing. And on Capitol Hill, Democrats holding the president personally responsible. The blood's going to be on his hands. Plastic, downloadable gun stops at Donald Trump's desk. They were available during Obama's administration. Plastic guns. These people are absolute hacks. They are completely lying about the circumstances surrounding 3D weaponry and access to 3D weaponry. They've decided to make this a deal, and they have – I'm, I'm convinced that they just don't know that various 3D instructions are online anyway. I think they really don't I, – I think one of them ultimately admitted that they knew that they were available, but I, I think that they have no idea that this is really nothing new. Five years ago, Wilson built the world's first fully fireable plastic handgun, but he's personally moved beyond plastic to machine-grade metal, funding his legal fight by selling thousands of these, a milling machine capable of making unmarked metal AR-15s and handguns, a.k.a. ghost guns. There's now a three-month backlog for milling machines like this one, which we found at Central Texas Gunworks just down the road from where Wilson makes them at his factory. Wilson's goal now is to keep publishing digital gun files until every gun on earth is available to anyone online. Keep in mind, how many of you out there, and I don't have my Facebook page up, but I'll just ask for, I guess, a a. a a raising of hands to see or a digital raising of hands to see whether or not any of you actually have 3d printers. And now some of you, because you're cool and because it doesn't surprise me that you would actually have uh, this availability because you all are kind of up on the latest technology, but how many of you actually have 3d printers at all? How many of you have access to 3d printing technology. Now, you might know somebody with a printer, but how many of you think that people are just simply going to be downloading these guns in the middle of their day, sitting around wanting to rob a bank or whatever? It's just simply not going to happen. But again, the liberal press, which seems to only 
Yeah, not me, Sandy says. Not me, Dana says. Hey, Chuck Chauvin, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for being with us. Lisa, how you doing as well? But how many of you actually have a, a 3D printer? And plus, I, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I, I, I guess if you're, if you're a terrorist organization or whatever, I guess you could always make your guns. But wouldn't it just be easier to buy them? I, I don't know. I, I, t- to me, if, even if I were shooting and, and involved in this, I think I would probably rather have a good morning this morning, Lise. I think I would rather have – oh, yeah, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony Merkel says, uh, I'm married, so I'm not allowed to have cool things <laughs> that my wife says are not vital to life. That's pretty funny, buddy. And – Probably true for a lot of uh, individuals out there, so I totally get it. But to tell you the truth, if I if I wanted a, a gun, I, you know, it's kind of like when I was a kid and my mom deprived us of all the fun things like McDonald's hamburgers and things like that, and because we didn't have any money, and she was always like, "Well, I'll just I can make you a hamburger as good as McDonald's hamburgers. I can make you. I'll make you one." And it just wasn't – it was never as good as McDonald's was, as I remember, but she tried. But again, I'd rather just go out and, and buy a handgun as opposed to try to make one with a machine, especially my own machine or somebody else's machine. To tell you the truth, I'd rather have – like I have – several firearms, and to tell you the truth, I think I'd rather, it, with the technology the way it is right now, I think I'd rather just have a, I'd rather have a gun that was made by a gun manufacturer instead of, of me, you know? Yeah, Brandy, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You like this shirt? This is, this is actually a real band. The former me. They opened for... Oh, darn it. Who'd they open for? I'll play. I think I might have them still on the, uh, but they opened for Bon Jovi, I think, when they were here. Because Bon Jovi held a contest, local contest. Matt, do you know, do you remember anything about this? About this contest that Bon Jovi had at, when they were in town? And apparently they went all around the country. And I think it was Bon Jovi. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. But... I, I print out my Bill Murphy. He's, he's, he still likes he likes he he still likes that Afro man bun thing that I was talking about yesterday. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was it was Bon Jovi. They were coming into town, and all throughout the country, they held contests for local bands who were going to. I think open for them and, and, and all over the country. I think this is all over the country. And it was a good morning this morning, Bo. How you doing, man? Yeah. And Anthony points out to you, if you searched all over the web, you could find these. These 3D instructions are all over the joint. But anyway, back to the former me. So these guys won the contest. I think they had to submit videos or whatever, and they won the contest to open up for Bon Jovi. I think it was Bon Jovi. And then I, I had them on the Almond Report, and these guys are pretty good. To my, I think they were from Belleville or 
some part of Illinois, and they were pretty darn good, and they gave me a shirt, the former me. So if I can find some of their music, I'll play it for you perhaps uh, after our national anthem. But anyway, wouldn't you, though, all of you want a gun that you could buy as opposed to one that was homemade anyway? And don't you think the people who are committing the crimes and most of the the, the blood-on-your-hands stuff these Democrats are talking about, don't you think that they would just get their guns the way they've been getting them? Because to my knowledge, even without 3D accessibility everywhere, that to my knowledge, I think last weekend maybe seven people died in Chicago. I mean, to the point where even these people, some of the black activists are finally saying they don't even want Rahm Emanuel involved in their stuff anymore, and he wanted him to resign, whatever. But the bottom line is there's plenty of carnage going around right now without 3D weaponry. And in fact, it, it looks to me like no one in the news media has been able to point out one crime committed with a gun that was made with 3D technology. And to tell you the truth, I wouldn't be surprised if 3D technology wound up being actually more expensive, not less. I mean, you guys know how I I even shopped around for 3D printers because a lot of people make – some people make tools and things like that. Believe me, I apologize if my ignorance about 3D technology is – I know some of you are very knowledgeable about it. But the fact of the matter is the – Machines are still very expensive and not widely accessible to to a lot of people. And it seems to me that the people who actually would be more interested in 3D technology as it relates to guns would be collectors and people who actually have a real interest in shooting them for sport and for targeting and all kinds of stuff. Because those are the people I know who have the most guns or people who actually do a lot of they're gun enthusiasts, basically. They're people who like they're like car enthusiasts. And so they car enthusiasts have a bunch of different kind of cars or are knowledgeable about them or work on them all the time. And gun enthusiasts do the same thing. And I would think they would be the ones who'd be more interested in this technology. Homie doesn't want a doesn't want, you know, a plastic gun. <laughs> I mean the you know, see how far that goes. Hey, here, I got I got a chance to I'll sell you a plastic gun. Be like, plastic gun? I don't want a plastic gun. Yeah, but it's, it's not really plastic. It's made with metal. Now, I, I don't want you making, I don't want you printing out a gun for me. I mean, it just doesn't, you know, again, in all due respect to the gun makers and the 3D printer guys, uh, I'll have a gun from one of the local gun dealers, thank you very much, instead of coming from a machine. But, you, you, you just it's just not that readily available. But the news media didn't care about it. And again, if you're just tuning in, this court case that you're hearing about, the media talk about, the reality is they this only applies to international access to the blueprints. It does not apply at all to you and me. Even after this court case is completely through and completely finished you are still going to have access to 3D guns. So knock yourself out. All right, as I said before, Austin Peterson, fresh out. I don't know whether he's finished yet with his Twitter ban or not, but he was banned for 12 hours because of a little joke. 
Austin Peterson is going to be in the studio with me in just a little bit. Mark Cation is going to be coming in. I'm sure he's so. Don't tell him that this is much ado about nothing because I want to make it, I want to see him make a big deal about it. I bet you he doesn't know yet unless he's listening, but maybe he, I don't know whether he is on the way in, but don't tip him off anybody. Don't tell him. I want him to, I want him to go crazy over this lawsuit. Is he out there? Oh, he's sitting. Is he right? Uh, oh, he's, yeah, he's in. Darn it. He probably already knows. We've got him coming in. And Pam Geller, yesterday it was the reunification with uh, Judge Napolitano. And today it's the reunification with none other than the great Pam Ge- Pamela Geller. Uh, the GellerReport.com is where you can find her. We'll be back without further ado. Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. of the former me they're represented on this t-shirt and Andy was nice enough to point out she likes the t-shirt yeah the former me they did indeed open up for Bon Jovi when they appeared at the Scott Trade Center that was actually pretty cool what Bon Jovi did they held auditions for local bands every town they went to they had a local band open up for them which is kind of cool It's also a good way to kind of hang on to some of the receipts, or more of them at least. It cuts down on the overhead, but nonetheless, it also gives local bands a good good little exposure here. 
These guys are from Illinois. These guys are pretty good, by the way. I had them in the studio at the Albany Report. They were darn good. Yeah, Brandy, that's it. Thank you, dear. Yeah, by the way, speaking of Austin Peterson, somebody pointed out on the web there, I forgot all about this. Austin was also giving away a Ghost Gunner technology kit or something that you could make metal parts. I, you know. Folks, people are going to come up with weaponry, whether you like it or not. They do it in prison. Zip gun. Whatever that might happen to be. Apparently they work. Yeah, that's the former me. As I mentioned earlier, for all of you, I hope you can give... Matthew Mitchell, a big thank you. Just talked to him yesterday and sealed the deal. The Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency is now an official sponsor of the show. He's my life insurance guy. He's my car insurance guy. He's my home insurance guy. 855-QUOTE-ME is the number for Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Giving you some really great deals and... On your insurance, I just got the life insurance stuff. I had to take the take the test, take the quiz. Scotty, he's your guy too. Good, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Matthew Mitchell's a really good guy. I was wondering about all this too because I had the person, you know, I had the person come to the house and draw blood and do all that stuff. You're voting to these. How you doing? And, you know, pee in a cup, all that stuff. And I was a little concerned because I, I did, couldn't tell whether or not... Like, they, they ask you if you smoke. And I was... I was like, well, no. I, and I was a little... Because I really really don't technically smoke but I, but I smoke cigars I go I go down to Santino's Cigars and Cocktails where I'll be on Thursday if you all want to come down there by the way be there a little probably a little around the uh, 5 or 6 o'clock hour somewhere around there for a little happy hour action but we're going to have our official happy hour at Santino's eventually the, the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour but I'm going to be down there Five six. It's right there off Vogel Road, SantinoCigars.com. Santino Cigars and Cocktails on Vogel Road going to be down there. But I, I'm wondering if, if you have – if you smoke a cigar, do you show up? Like does nicotine show up on your uh, – yeah, t- yeah, Anthony says smoking a cigar is technically smoking. I mean it is, I know. But I'm wondering does it show up like as a nicotine thing on your – Life insurance deal, because I'll tell you one thing, there's one thing that's going to kill off your life insurance dreams, at least when it comes to your expenses, it's going to be smoking. The life insurance people do not like smokers. And I, you know, I, I generally uh, just don't do it a whole lot, but they, they definitely don't like smokers. Mark Kaysen 
is uh, in the house. He's lurking around back there, so we're going to uh, have him in. Do you see, by the way, this joyful noise here? Jim Acosta just got absolutely heckled at this rally. This was another live shot situation room, and this pompous ass got shouted down. Now, you all know as well as I do that we have zero concern for the well-being of journalists in terms of them being criticized. Obviously, we don't want journalists getting hurt, but first of all, that never happens, by the way. Journalists in this country are the safest they've ever been. And for these guys in the news media to somehow act as if mere criticism of them puts their lives in peril, they're just a bunch of whiny little babies. And they really just want to shut you up. They don't want you to criticize them or critique them or do whatever. And so that so you know what they what's what's worse is they use legitimate horrible deaths of journalists overseas and around the world to legitimize their fears about getting stories wrong and being criticized for it. I mean, there are people I just saw the other day, there was a Mexican journalist who worked for an online magazine who was assassinated actually about two weeks after someone else at the online magazine was assassinated outside of a bar in Carmen de Sol or whatever. It's right around. I mean, they're starting to infiltrate Cancun and Cozumel in that area now. Now they're shooting people around there. I don't know whether I'd really be all that that keen on going down there to Cancun or Cozumel these days. No offense to you if you're going down there. I, if I were you, I'd go into some place that was uh, that was fairly secure because they're shooting people at bars and things like that now. But anyway, they shot these journalists because these guys were actually talking about police corruption and the cartel and all kinds of – they were doing some serious stories. So for Jim Acosta and these other – punk asses to sit there and act as if their lives are in peril because they're being caught lying about Donald Trump. They're ridiculous. I'll tell you one thing. Their live shots are in peril. Jim Acosta here is, is trying to do his live shot. It's really funny. Good for him. And the White House closed out the month of July without holding a briefing for reporters today. That means the White House has held only three briefings for the press this month and eight total since the end of May. There is no other way to describe what the White House is doing right now. Wolf, the White House, uh, from the president on down, they are hiding from the press. Uh, and Wolf, we should point out, over the last hour or so, uh, this crowd has been uh, very rowdy uh, coming after us, telling us to go home. But, Wolf, we're not going home. We're going to stay right here at this rally and do the news, report on this rally coming up tonight, Wolf. Good for you. Uh, thanks very much. That's exactly uh, what you're supposed to be doing in a country that appreciates a free press. Uh, Jim Acosta on the scene for us in Tampa. Yeah. Yelling CNN sucks and screaming at him. And they kind of drown it out. I mean, because if it's not, you know, we hate Trump, they'll not turn up the volume on that. But the fact of the matter is these guys acting as if their First Amendment rights and their freedoms are in peril because we're finally calling a spade a spade and finally calling them out for their actions. It's ridiculous. It's demeaning to the people who are really getting offed 
who are doing journalistic duties, this idea somehow that they're all under some kind of threat because they're being criticized legitimately for all of their lies and all their anti-Trump baloney and their misrepresentations is really ridiculous. And most Americans, I'm sure, don't buy it. This has nothing to do with their freedom at all and everything to do with our freedom to finally talk back and say, you guys are out of your trees, you're wrong, and you yourselves are working for the Democratic Party. And if that's what you're doing, we're going to hold you accountable and we're not going to be worried about whether or not you're going to turn us into some kind of threat. And by the way, has Jim Acosta ever been egged? The way Trump supporters have, has, has Jim Acosta ever had his car burned the way some Trump reporters supporters have? No, he hasn't. The threat has always been mostly to Trump supporters. Trump supporters are more in peril than any journalist has ever been. President Trump was there, by the way, in Florida, giving his hearty endorsements to None other than Ron DeSantis, who is running for governor there, and Rick Scott, who is running for Senate. Republicans want strong borders and no crime. Democrats want open borders, which equals massive crime. And on top of that, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, the whole group, Maxine, Maxine, she likes me a lot. She likes me a lot. They've launched outrageous attacks on our incredible law enforcement officers and on ICE and our border patrol. Can you believe it? People that keep us safe. Their new platform, what they want to do, the Democrat Party, they want to abolish ICE. In other words, they want to let MS-13 rule our country. That's not going to happen. I'm glad he calls it the Democrat Party. Because there, there, were, there were people, there were individuals who were saying that that's not nice to call it the Democrat Party. But it's on purpose that he says it's the Democrat Party because if you want to really get right down to it, they're not Democratic in any way, shape, or form. Are they, Mark Hayson? Anyway, don't talk because President Trump is speaking right now. President Trump has the floor. Donald. Yes. Okay. Every day, the brave men and women of ICE are liberating communities and towns from savage gangs like MS-13 that are occupying our country like another nation would. We want maximum border security and respect for our heroes, ICE, Border Patrol, and law enforcement. Look at this. Guess who's, guess who's going to win Florida in 2020? <laughs> Mark, that's state down in the old Trump checkbox. You, you don't think this is getting him anywhere, do you? Yes, I do think it's getting the, him somewhere. The, the, yeah, getting his, his polls down to zero. That will include the wall. Well, that will include the wall. when he's done, whoever he is. 
Now, a lot of people don't know it, but we've already started. People are more excited now than they were in 2016 about yeah. this the man. Fif- the 15 people out there are very excited. people? Yeah. This place is packed. Yeah. They're only showing you that little part no, there that's empty. No. There's no one there, but that's all right. Dude, Look, I saw the entirety yeah. of the, I saw the, actually, the news media now, they are doing wide shots now. Uh, of of the, finally of these coliseums, this place is packed, and I'm, people are fired up. It's am- yeah. amazing. The the new Quinnipiac poll that came out yesterday was thirty eight percent that approve of him, fifty eight percent disapprove. So I mean, everybody can live in this alternate world until November, but after November, all the talk is over because we're going to find out whether you're right. Or whether I'm right. Exactly. We're going to find out. We said, we said, we'll know. We said the same thing when, when right before you and some other people were ashen-faced on the morning of November 9th. You after, mean when, when Hillary won the popular vote? After you, yes, I understand. After you told me about the Quinnipiac poll then. Yeah. And, and it was all right. <laughs> they were all correct. They all said she'd win by three points. But the only problem is... That there is an electoral college, and that's correct. What do you mean that, the only problem no, is? that's why she lost. Right, no, no, the a, reason— the Electoral college no, is not a problem. Look, it's, it was the problem for her. But yes. there, was a, there was another problem for her, and, and, and I blame her completely for where we are right now. Sure. Because all she had to do is pick Bernie Sanders <laughs> for the vice president, and, and she would have won with no problem. Buddy, that would have sorry, that would have made you. the difference. Well, look, we're going to find out in November. That guessing whether these polls are right. Hey, well, Bert, look, you know, Gallup you, says she, he's down by twenty. Right, you're right to some degree regarding Bernie Sanders because the people who liked him really liked him. I mean, there were not they people, loved him. There were not people on the fence right. about Bernie Sanders, and so the enthusiasm level would have probably helped to a certain degree. Hillary Clinton because there was really no enthusiasm right. for her per se. So I, I think you're right to that degree. Adding him on would have probably gotten a lot more people. Would have out made a difference. Keep in mind, all the polls you're talking about is are are reflecting just people who are polled. Now I know they call them likely voters, but the reality is all the counts are the people who go to the polls, and that's exactly what we saw on. November 8th of 2016, where people flocking to the polls. These people are all going to the poll. Look at these people. Look yeah. at the smiles. No, you, on got, their faces. you got a lot of crazy people there. But look, here, here's the point, though. Think about this. Right after the Army McCarthy hearings in 1954, when Joe McCarthy finally was tossed from the American public arena, I mean, everybody was through with him, okay? He still had a thirty-three percent approval rating. Still had that, right? And, and he was gone. He was done. He was. That was the end of him. And Richard Nixon. He found he uncovered a lot of commies, though. McCarthy Please did. give me a break. And 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 I tried to bring my communist pin in here with me on my th- lapel, but unfortunately, this this little thing here doesn't. It's it's sewed up. So anyway, I'll have to talk well, to the. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be sewed yeah. up. Your, no, your I know. Still sewed up. No, I'll have to talk to the St. Louis Open. suit company about Are that. Are your pockets still sewed up? No, Can you get in there. They're okay. Show me. 
look at look. Oh, okay. So, so did you? You had you had to undo your pockets a little bit, right? Like, no, you know, if it's, no, they, up. no, they always do that. But they just this little piece here. It's a for fake, some reason, it's a fake thing. It's a fake thing. But yeah, we shouldn't what even. That, say. What would that buttonhole be for? By the way, is there another uh, button on the other suit on the other side of the suit? I looked. There is not. So why would yeah. you have a buttonhole? Right well, that's there? that's what that you know for the like the people who are Americans. Oh, I hate that. And they and they wear those little flag pins. They can put those. Yeah, but you in can there. just oh oh to in the buttonhole. Yeah, that's a good place for. It. That's well, no, I, but but that's not that's not why they make the suits. No, for American well, no, flag I'm sure, pins. No, but people use that. Okay, well, I don't understand why there's a buttonhole. I on don't your know. What, there's no button on the other side. When the when the St. Louis maybe, suit maybe, company maybe comes maybe on it's board, for, maybe it's just for you to button your lip. That, that too. Sound? That too. <laughs> and by the way, let's go to the guns for a wait, second. Wait, can we? Can we wait, wait, no, wait. I, yeah, go ahead. Don't whatever you want. Keep moving around here. Yeah, okay, go you're ahead. like you're like trying to. I know. One day trying to like Donald. To, yeah. Well, no. If you're if if, if you ever uh, got a nice good brown trout on your fly line, yeah, it's almost impossible to get that damn thing out of the water sometimes. And it's like you, you're you're like that. You're like that slick brown trout. Very difficult. But I I've actually think, never fished. But that's another story. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe, as Jesus said, we teach a man to fish, and maybe yeah. you'd be a better man. I, I might be. Teach you to you fish. Can, you can never tell. Maybe you start helping the people instead of taking things from me to help them. I'm, I'm, you, can, you, you could run around. You know what you could run around? I'd have a marcation running around town with a stringer full of bass. <laughs> hey, everybody, I've got your... I've got your lunch here, and that just means that Jamie Allman doesn't need to pay for it. At Yay. least I don't have any 3D guns. Okay, are you going to keep back yeah, to Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I know that most of the people who listen to the show and watch the show and are uh, in, in this realm here, they know how important the electoral college is. So I don't want to kind of... I think it's important, I don't too. want to redo my, I'm for my whole rap on the electoral college, but... I favor it. The, the, the electoral college... Hillary Clinton forgot there was an electoral college, which is why you had President Trump in Allentown, Pennsylvania, holding rallies, and Hillary in Philadelphia at the Women's Club holding rallies. Because she figured all I have to do is win the metro centers and I will be on my way and win the presidency. And she forgot that there were old white men who she despises, by the way, and young white men. Because she well, I have a Bernie problem Sanders. with the white men, too. But, but she forgot that there were brilliant white men well, who not came brilliant. up with the idea of the Electoral College because oh. these were guys who did not – and I'm, not, I'm only saying white men because they were white. They were, to, yeah, because they ran it. There were, black people weren't allowed, right? Yes, exactly. Nor, nor women. Nor no, women. you're right. You're right. And, and so what happened is they, they determined that we don't want – and just in case – again, I hate to – I don't mean to be repeating myself things that you already know, but the Founding Fathers Electoral College was created just in case you, this is brought up again to you, all of you, because Mark Cason still remains to be the lone survivor of the Hillary Clinton drubbing who continues to talk about the popular vote. Well, she won it. College. She won it. Right, but but the popular okay. vote is doesn't matter. I know. New York, New York, Illinois, and and, and, and and California. I understand. What what the founding fathers wanted to avoid was the potential for because they were seeing this, the writing on the wall already, 
And they said, wow, we certainly, it certainly looks like we're going to have a lot of these Virginians running the country for a long time. Absolutely. And they didn't want only Virginians running the country. And so that's why they created an electoral college, and it was brilliant, much like the creation of the U.S. Senate was. And so that's why, so that so that population centers aren't the ones that determine who the president is. So but listen to what you, you just said. Trump. Listen to what you said. Be careful. The U.S. Senate originally was set up not to be voted for yes. by the people. I know. So, yeah, let's not get too carried away with how brilliant they were. Well, we, the Senate, we have fixed things. The, the Senate was created as an obstruction. The yes. founding fathers were so untrusting of the of our government and they weren't untrusting of the people they were untrusting of the government and also for that matter the legislative process on down the line they were so untrusting of it that they wanted purposely to create an obstruction that would always slow down the process of legislation and governing because keep in mind too that the federal government wasn't supposed to have a whole lot of power anyway. And so imagine even then, when there wasn't even a direct income tax or anything, even then there was a effort to slow down the wheels of government just to protect the people. And so the Senate was created as yet another double check on the House. Imagine how brilliant that is. Yeah. It was I, created I, as an obstruction. Yeah, see, uh, I'm, I'd be very careful with, with giving them these attributes of being so brilliant because they did some things that turned out to be very lucky, but maybe not so brilliant. So, for example, lucky? well, I'll give you an example of lucky. <laughs> okay. The, in the, if I, you, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I do think it's funny, though. That's a new one. I've never heard that, though. No, the, I – The founding I fathers were just lucky. I don't get this stuff from talking points. I, <laughs> I know, but I think that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a new one. They were lucky. I really love that they one. They were lucky. I, I've never – I congratulate you for having yet a new sure. spin there. Sure. I like that. So I'll, I'll show you the luck here. The founding when, fathers were – George Washington was just lucky. Yeah, that, they were. When they, when they came up – well, they were because – look – their idea was to get women out of everything. Now, I've got friends who think that's a good idea, but I think by 2018, we could agree that that's probably not such a smart thing. And, and, but forget that. Wait, what How, is that again? People who want to get rid of women. Get rid of women? Yeah, because the, the founders wanted to keep the women out of everything. They didn't want, wi- they didn't want women they didn't making want any decisions. Out of, the, out of the birthing room. No, no, they're, they were fine with that. Right. But not with anything else. Right, until, no, that's until, na- but, but until 1919. Also, well, yeah, that, but, but keep in mind, women at that time, and I'm not, I'm not defending depriving. Yeah, they were stupid then. I'm not de- de- defending depriving women of the vote, but keep in mind, even as far back as the pioneer days, women were the ones who had ultimately the most control. They, they, they had the most control over the family oh, come dynamic. On. They couldn't vote. But 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 I know. But but in I'm talking about in normal life and yeah. in normal culture, women were the ones who uh, who really did, in fact, rule the roost, and they, were, they were fine es- with that. But they were essentially considered to be the property of the man who married them. 
They I really were. I, I, they really I were. Don't know. You, I'd yeah. have to ask Martha Washington yeah. about that and Dolly Madison. Because, yeah, well, you'd uh, have to ask them. And, and because these women, or, or even for that matter, Rachel Jackson, because these women were not, were not wallflowers. Well, maybe they weren't happy with where, where they were, what position they were given. Well, back in, but, but, but keep in mind, back in the day, you're applying today's standards. Well, sure I am. To, <laughs> of course yeah. I am. I know. And I, and, you and, and, you, you no, you can. No, you can't because, do that. Because, because people say, people say, well, I mean, if, if somebody didn't like black people in 1860, you could understand that. I wasn't. Un- no, no, you didn't say that, but some people do. And all I'm saying is, there were abolitionists in the 1860s. There were people who knew what was right. So you just had a lot of bad people. That's all. Well, I don't know. I, and again, don't misconstrue this as my support of slavery. No, I know but, not. But, but slavery wasn't about whether or not they liked black people. It wasn't about liking somebody. In fact, they didn't you, you value could, them. In fact, you could, you could make the argument they that valued they valued them as, as property. Exactly. Sure. I mean, but, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. What I'm saying is I'm not quite sure it was like, uh, I don't like black people. Therefore, I'm going to have them living on my farm and around my kids and working for me. Okay. Well, they beat so them and everything the, else. Yeah. Well, yeah. So let's yeah. talk. Let's go, can, we talk about how lucky, can we talk about how lucky we were? Yes. Okay. So We were or the founding fathers were? Yeah. How lucky the founding fathers And we were lucky that that they did what they did. Okay. So in the Constitution, it says that we will have a Supreme Court. It doesn't say one thing about how the Supreme Court will operate. Not a word. Nothing there. So all your talk and all of these people who originalists and textualists and so forth, all these people who say, well, we only should go by what the Constitution says – then our Supreme Court would do nothing because it says nothing. All it says is we'll have a Supreme Court. Now, in Marbury versus Madison, back in 1800, the Supreme Court defined its own role and its own power and how it would operate, and we do that today based on that case. If not for that case, I mean, what would the Supreme Court do? We wouldn't even know. Because the Supreme Court was really different in the beginning than it became. We turned it into what it is today. So that's lucky because we have a system that is absolutely phenomenal. And it, it, actually, not only phenomenal, superior. Superior to everybody else in the world. Well, then why, are you, why, are you, why do you support communism and socialism and all that stuff? Because the system, this, this is not a communist or socialist system. So why, you just admitted that our system is the superior system. I have always told you I love the United States, and we have a tremendous system, and, and I'm for it. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't support what Franklin Roosevelt did to change our system in the 1930s after we found out that in a depression, people could be destroyed. So we fixed that. Now, we've got a a madman in office who would like to try to get rid of all of that. And plus, you take your your buddies, um, you know, your quack economist buddy, Steve Moore. He's in in the, the Wall Street Journal today with a, an op-ed along with Steve Forbes and, and, and Arthur Laffer talking about how terrific Donald is. And, and they're so funny. They're, they're trying to manipulate him by saying that, oh, he really wants free trade. He does not want tariffs. He doesn't want tariffs. Well, he's, 
the guy that's put the tariffs on. Right. But, 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 but you, you have to understand. And Laffer, listen, I'm not going to sit here and defend Arthur Laffer on down the line. Laffer's been wrong quite a bit. Sure. And the Laffer curve. I mean, I, mean, I, I get all and of that. And Moore as well. Uh, well, Stephen Moore, no. Stephen Moore actually came up. Remember, Stephen Moore was the one who accurately predicted that even if and, and helped President Trump device his, uh, his tax plan. He's the one who said, as long as you have a GDP that hovers still around four plus, you're going to be able to essentially pay for the tax cuts. And lo and behold, check it out, 4.1 GDP and tax almost, cuts are flying. Yeah, and, almost as good as President Obama got. And when they talk – Who had 5.5 percent four times. Right, but we're, we're – but we're, This is never going to stay here. You know that. Listen, Everybody knows. The Even, Federal Reserve knows. Right, right. But right now, we're in a situation where we are seeing the largest economic expansion we've seen. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're actually seeing a very modest extension of what Obama right, so, created. So who do you pick and choose? Because Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan said, basically, this is exactly what's going on here. We're seeing a large economic – yes, he's concerned about some of the things happening in China. He is but, very but, concerned but about is, many things. You're leaving is, a lot out that Jamie but, Dimon said. Well, right. No, I'm not. He, he, he was concerned, but he's admitting this is a Trump economy right now. Oh, I don't think he yes. admits that. Okay, he did. I just, yeah. He was on Maria Bartiromo's show – and he was on uh, Fox and Friends. I can't remember what exact show it was. With uh, but but he was talking about how President Trump. This is President Trump's economy. And most people right now, Mark, are supportive of the tariffs as they are, meaning as a negotiating tool. Which is exactly the way the president is describing them, and exactly the way Laffer and Stephen Moore and these guys are describing them. This is all about gamesmanship. It's all about the art of war. And I think that uh, I'll tell you one thing, these people seemingly are very happy with uh, A lot of people don't president know Trump. it, but we've they already started. Yeah, I'm sorry that we don't have Jamie Diamond here, because I, I understand on, on Fox I'm part, I'm part the crazy thing. Sorry. Even the way we negotiate, we're going to need more we're going to get more and we may have to do some pretty drastic things but we're going to get it yeah i don't listen to him so i listen to you not him he doesn't know what he's talking about people all cheering drastic things yeah like i said 38 percent of the people supported uh joe mccarthy when he was on his way out the door 25 percent supported nixon when he was on his way out the The president is speaking and we're tracking down the drug dealers and the child predators and the criminal aliens. There are none. We're throwing them in jail. Yeah, there are none. None of those people exist. Country. 0.3%. I mean, it's a crazy zero number Look of MS-13 people. Women for Trump, blacks yeah. for Trump. In some states, Democrats are even trying to give illegal immigrants the right to vote. They want to give them the right to vote. Yeah, after we make them uh, naturalized American citizens, sure. People that are waiting in line for seven, eight, nine, ten years, trying to get into our country, they don't have the right to vote. Yeah, they don't want to come in now, not when he's here. We believe that only American citizens should vote in American elections. And that's the only people who do vote. 
Apparently not. They, you, you realize? You realize? Do you realize? You, do you know that in Pennsylvania they uncovered loads of people loads. who are not citizens who not were loads. voting in the Pennsylvania election? Not and loads. Hillary Clinton still didn't win Pennsylvania. Look, That's how look, awful she was. Look, look it up on on Google when you have a chance later. Any fraud that they have found in voting in this country is so small right. that, that, that no one can okay, even here's, count here's, it. Here's the deal. As evidenced by this rally, which is packed there in Florida, we know that Governor Rick Scott's going to be the next U.S. senator from Florida. We know that Ron DeSantis is going to be the next governor of Florida. And the fact of the matter is, you know what's so crazy about this? As much as you keep saying how people hate President Trump, do you realize every single time he endorses somebody, they become – the front runner no. in a race in, in the Republican Party. Well, yeah, right. Well, What's so, a he, crazy party? He's not going to endorse said, uh, Chiquita Alonso, okay. Chiquita do, over there in do, New York, or if, wherever she is. If you recall, and I'm sure you do, back in the Almond Report days, which will come back again sometime, uh, I said when he first was picked that he was exactly what the Republican Party deserves. Absolutely, and he is. He is precisely that. The, the Republican Party will pay a price for him that, that is just going to be incredible. And I am perfectly content waiting for, for, for Bob Mueller to, to you know, cart him off to jail. That's Bob fine. Mueller, Bob Mueller, do you realize, uh, by the way, and I want to get to this 3D gun thing because I, I think you're, uh, you wanted to harp on that. But, I, I, I can't wait the way, to get to Aust- that. Austin Peterson is going to be in uh, roughly – I don't know, as ASAP. I, I had him in at eight, but I wanted him in a little bit earlier. He's uh, now, I think, coming off of a 12 hour Twitter ban because of some joke about Stalin, by the way. You guys have spent the latter part of the last two years uh, making Hitler references to, to, uh, about. President Trump on Twitter and beyond. And I know you're not on Twitter, but all your sycophants are. And yet, Austin Peterson make, makes one comment about utilizing Stalin, and he's banned on Twitter for twelve hours. Well, he shouldn't be banned, and that, forget that stuff. He look, Donald is Hitler esque. That's true, but uh, wait, but, okay. it, but is he is he at this point Hitler? The, no, okay, but wait, wait, wait. I, I would never have described for and and the reason why you're saying Hitler esque is because of the fact that people love him. And, no, and because there are many people who actually love him and enemy, are enthusiastic about him, ask about him more than they have ever been for any Republican. Mitt enemy Rom- of the people. Let me tell you something. Enemy of the people. Mitt Romney. I mean, that, that's against <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. It's not. Yeah, well, it's, hey, it, listen, it is. It's the, anti-Jefferson. This, no, listen. There is, there but is, he's just a madman. You can't make sense out of it. There is no Republican in the history of our nation. Aside from maybe Ronald Reagan, and to tell you the truth, I don't think Ronald Reagan could even get this kind of turnout for almost on a weekly basis. Now, Ronald Reagan for could have rallies and beyond. Ronald Reagan could have, and I, I, I'm no lover of Ronald Reagan. He was the governor of California when I went to school there, and he's a he was a very bad man. <laughs> but 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 let me say, try Teddy Roosevelt. He's one of your guys. He's a Republican. And he was a great Republican who was so beloved in the United States. I mean, compared to this man, 
Give me a break. Well, Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt was interesting only because, again, for a man of his time, it was an important thing. He was still a little bit too government, uh, much of a government expansion. Well, sure he was. But nonetheless, he was a tough guy. He had balls of steel. He had a great family. He had a great attitude. He brought himself up from being this sickly, weak little kid to become a powerful, strong individual. Very tough. Raised some good boys and, and created our national park system and everything else. And so, yeah, there's a lot to admire about him. Sure. But, but nowadays, he would be a little too... Big government for a lot of people, and I understand that. But I, I don't. For some people, I wanna, I, right? Yeah, I, I, I want to get back to to the gun issue. And by the way, do you believe uh, Bob Mueller? Just since you mentioned him earlier, sure. And we've got Pamela Geller coming up at about seven thirty. The reunification. You like Pamela Geller, don't you? Pamela Geller, uh, thegellerreport.com is going to be joining the show now on a regular basis. So she's back. So I had Judge Napolitano on with me. Yesterday, I still haven't gotten an answer from anybody. If you guys you know, he was on with me at 7.20, the same time that he was on with me at the old station. So I'm wondering if he's at a different time at the old station now, or is he on the old station, or what the situation is. But he's with me at the time he's been with me for the last 17 years, or not 17 years, maybe 10 years. And so I, I, I love that, that fact that he's on with me now. And then Pamela Geller is going to be joining me. At 7.30, and Pamela Geller is awesome, always uh, battling the influence of the mooge here in the U.S. Yeah, see, I, I like a lot of these people who have different points of view because they also are interested in fact. I mean, Napolitano is a great example. He's, he's, right. he, he, he cares about the law, and he's a person that's interested in, in, in factual Situation. Right, I mean, right. he's not he's not out here making it up, and 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 that's good. You know what else you like? Yeah, you like big butts, and you cannot lie. I know that. For I don't fact. know what that means. I'm Go just telling. Yeah, you. I yeah. just I just know that. Yeah, I, just, okay. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. that you like big butts, and you cannot yeah. lie. So Mueller is now going on from now collusion because he can't prove that to conspiracy. Do you see that? Well, wait a second. Giuliani already says. That he may have he may have colluded, even though you know Donald said no collusion, no collusion, no no, and, and he may have colluded, but it's not illegal. Now you know the whole thing. Wait until Bob Mueller handles this. You don't. Mueller hasn't said a word yet. You don't know what he, he has, thinks. He, Mueller has nothing. And and here's well, and he, we're going to find out because that's not what right. the prosecutors are saying. <laughs> here's what here's what here's what they have so far, and they have President Trump. At a news conference, and I remember this news conference or at a press event or whatever, where he said that that he encouraged the Russians find some more emails. That's that's probably is that going to be the conspiracy that they're going to hang on him that he went out there and said, hey, I hope you find some more emails out there when when they get him for all of his money laundering and all of his criminal mob activities with the Russians. See, you know, you. People talk about the Russians. I'm not against Russia. The problem is, is that, that this guy, Donald, is one of the mobsters working for 
Vladimir Putin. <laughs> That's all. And 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 and, and let, I, let 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 them let right. them put this all out on the table. Right. And when they do, we'll find out of how course. it turns out. Yeah. Again, you got a guy. Think about this: the campaign manager, the, who he says was only there for forty nine days, but it turns out he was there for almost two hundred. But you know, you can't get anything straight from this guy. He lies every day. But but look, his campaign manager is currently on trial. He was a for criminal something, for something for something that they oh, declined no. to charge him for Listen, eight years ago. No, he is on trial. For the whole activity that he was involved in with Donald trying to steal money with the Russians from whoever they could get money no, from. You know what? Why, why, You're going to find you out. Know, I don't know why they're even holding a trial when they could just talk to Mark Kaysen. Yeah, Let's wait until we hear the right. results. I don't, I don't know why if I'm ha- wrong, you can say, Kaysen, you said all this, and I was wrong. Right. Wait, until, wait until Manafort is, is uh, convicted, and then they're going to say to him, look – you can go to jail for the rest of your life because you're already 70 years old. Or what you can do is you can cooperate with us, tell the truth about Donald, and we'll let you off. Now, he's going to have to decide what to do because he knows that his boss, the Russians, may kill him for cooperating. So that's why he isn't. All right. But go ahead. Enough of that. Because yeah. because apparently you already know the outcome of the case. And again, like I said, I don't even know why they're they're holding this big trial when they could just simply ask you to render your verdict, which we'll you're, find which you're out right now. I'd like so, to hear the, the facts. How do you like three D guns? Well, you're gonna be are so you surprised. Are you celebrating? You're gonna be so surprised. Are you celebrating the decision the, that was made by the I, uh I love guy to, in Seattle there? I, I love to surprise you. Yeah. I'm not worried or upset about 3D guns. Good. Uh, not at all. First of all, the, as you pointed out correctly, this has been on the internet. People could have gotten these before anybody talked about it. Right. I am in favor of lawsuits that try to get rid of guns because you know I want to get rid of everybody's guns. Yes. But this will I, never happen. But no, I know it won't. <laughs> I, I I can still have what I prefer. Right? Yeah, your fantasy. I can have my preference. Yes. Okay. So I prefer to get rid of all these guns. But but here's the thing. I have leftist radicals who have guns who want me like people like you say all the time and you know, There aren't and, many come, leftist come radicals and, with guns which, come is, the, and which shoot is the only with, thing. Come and shoot with me at the at the at the the target practice place. I've never touched a gun. I'm not going to. Um but I'm just trying to say to you, there are lots of people who love guns, who who collect them. I have, I'm telling you, I have leftist radical friends who collect guns. Not enough of them. Yeah, they they won't shoot them. They just don't want everybody running around with guns. Oh, they so don't want so teachers to have guns. They don't want. They're not nuts. Okay, but but they have their own guns, and they're they're not going to do anything to hurt anybody. Neither are you. Right. I know that most of the people who are listening and watching on here will never do anything wrong with a gun. I understand that. I just don't want them to have it, but because I think they might get hurt, and I just you know, police have guns and people kill police. It, having a gun does not protect you, but if you think it does. 
have your gun because that's the law right now. And well, I support you. the law. Thank you. I support the it's, law. It's so nice of you. No, but I, 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 I just, do. But the, the, the man, the, the madman in Washington does not support the law. Right. That's another problem. I so appreciate the fact that, yeah. you know, you can go from convicting Paul Manafort to blessing me with the right to bear arms. I'm just I'm amazed by your power. Yeah. You don't have the right in, in, from the founders, but you do have the right from the current Supreme Court decisions. And I am behind those completely. I'll fight, you know, on right. my side. But I don't go out okay. here screaming at people. And I don't, I don't hate people who disagree with me. I mean that that okay. business that business with with Donald screaming at the the media. Yeah, and, I mean I some, love this. Someone's going to get killed. Oh shut! Someone is going to get you know killed, what? and it'll be on him. I don't I don't hear you. By the way, I want before we get well, we don't want the three D thing here, but because then we have because I uh, support. I'm, I'm right. not. I, I, I no get problem. It. But 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 I want the three D thing. The only the only thing though, I think that you all who are afraid of guns can find to be some kind of consolation is that, you know, in order to use a 3D gun, you have to have 3D glasses. And, and so <laughs> uh, people, you. you can't, I mean, yeah. look, you, look anywhere around you. You can't just find 3D glasses anywhere. So the one thing protecting us, so funny. the line, the, the one thing between, you know, being killed by a 3D gun toting terrorist or hoodlum and uh, and and uh, life is the fact that they just don't have access to 3D glasses. Yeah, I know. I noticed that the the optics on the gun thing. You know, they have these blue and white guns. They're so you know nice colors and everything. People are you know making them. Well, yeah, pink guns. Yeah, pink what guns. I'm saying, I can imagine, and and I understand that that's kind of fun until somebody does something wrong with them and that's the problem i if if yeah. no, if no one was doing anything wrong we wouldn't even be having this discussion uh, I, uh, okay. but they do on to, on yeah. to, on to the another fantasy of yours and sure. that is this this supposed massacre that's coming of journalists in the United States of America. Some thanks, not thanks is to, going to do to it. Thanks to us holding them accountable for oh, being wrong all the time and for fake news You're and one making of them. stuff up. You're one of them. I, but I understand You're that. one no, of them. I, listen, here's and deal. you're one of the best. You know what? I'm, so I'm, I, mean, listen, I don't even know what we're talking about. You you're more, an enemy of the people. I'm more afraid for my safety, which I'm kind of not, but yeah. I'm just saying. If, if I were to have any kind of safety considerations, I would be more afraid of the fact that I'm a Trump supporter than a journalist. And no, let me tell you something. No, you should be more afraid standing next to me. I have never heard – I have never heard – well, I'm armed. So, <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, You'll protect I, I have, me. Right. I will yeah. protect you and yeah. everybody here. Yeah. But, but the one thing, though, that I've never heard you say after a Trump supporter has been attacked, egged, harassed, shut down, beaten while waiting in a line for a rally. I never heard you say when the tapes were uncovered of people plotting to uh, to set off smoke bombs at events and do all kinds of things and plotting, in fact, Hillary Clinton supporters, plotting to attack people in lines at Trump rallies. I never heard you say, someday somebody's going to get killed. Well, no, you're wrong. You, you you weren't you I've weren't thinking you about it. I've known it. you for a long okay, time. Well, I've never well, heard you say well, that. Well, let me say it now. Anybody, and that could be Hillary people, Bernie people, anybody who is out here screaming at people hysterically, 
I'm, I'm worried about any of that because it's not good on any side, and, and I, I'm against it. Look, I'm not against the people who support Donald. I don't hate them. I don't think that, they're, uh, that they should be harmed or put in jail or any of that. I think that there's an ignorance unfortunately, attached to what they believe. But that's okay, because remember, we talk about all the time, you know, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, you know, killed each other. Right. So, look, I, I, I am not, I don't have any hate for any of the people who are on a different side than I am. And I'll tell you this, I went to the Ocasio-Cortez rally here in St. Louis yes. uh, a, a couple weeks ago when you weren't here, unfortunately, because we had her for a, 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 a an interview here in the studio. You'd have loved doing that. I mean, that would have been so cool. Oh, yeah. But, but, but here's the thing. Um, that place was so crowded that where they had it. First of all, they had to be violating every kind of, of fire law imaginable. If anything had gone wrong, I mean, everybody in there would have been dead. I mean, the, the, the point is, I don't like to go where there are these huge, dangerous crowds and everybody's screaming hysterically. I don't, I don't like when the, the, the left is screaming hysterically. I don't like when the right is. It's not good. What, what we need is to be calm and thoughtful and evaluative. I mean, that's where the left really is coming from. Well, I will, I will tell you that uh, Ocasio-Cortez, in all due respect to her, because I admire her energy, and certainly it was a cool thing that she was able to uh, take out a lazy Democrat, because those of us who have enjoyed watching Donald Trump and others take out lazy Republicans – we have some degree of symmetry when it comes to what she's doing and how she did it. And so you guys are experiencing the same thing we've already experienced and been through. And more power to you for getting rid of some of these lazy-ass swamp Democrats. And if that's the way you want it, that's the way it is. But the crowd coming for Ocasio-Cortez and coming out for her, most people – had never heard of her, and really what she is, essentially, Mark Hasen, is just the latest piece of driftwood floating by a bunch of drowning lefties out there who have no hope of taking over Congress in 2018, no hope of taking over the White House in 2020. So, of course, you all are going to climb on her like drowning ants and yeah. love on you, her like you that. You can say that for three more months. For three more months, you can say that, and you're going to be right up until the November election when the Congress flips back. Then you can't say that anymore. Then we'll have that. Then we'll see what the discussion is then. Uh, the numbers are just overwhelming here. This is not even close. This is not 3%. This is huge, big numbers of people, Democrats, who are going to crawl to the polls uh, come November to vote against anybody with an R in order to get Donald out of here. But we'll, we'll see the day after that election. Again, we'll, we'll see what the numbers are. And if I'm wrong, you can say, Kaysen, you know, totally you're in, in left field somewhere. Fine. But I, I doubt that that's coming this time. Um, let me ahead. let me give you an example. I got to get Pam Geller on sure. here and say goodbye to you. Yeah. But um, I will tell you, and, and again, uh, in all due respect to you guys who are enthusiastic, I, I think it's sweet and cute, and I, I like that. But again, I'll, I'll use another analogy. Sometimes when I come out to 
my uh, my pool, and there's a little machine there that cleans the the bottom of the pool, and and it's and and oftentimes those are good. in the yeah. morning. It, yeah, I like those. I know <laughs> them. Do? I know them well. You yeah. do? Why, why do you sure. like those so much? How, how, because your... when, when I was a kid and we had a pool, I used to be the one that had to clean it. I don't want to clean okay, a well, pool. So this is, this is, this is I what's know called how to... a Polaris. So I know. You have a little bit of a hose there. Sometimes it sticks out of the water. And in the morning, sometimes when you kind of go out and, and, and inspect the pool for use, that little hose is covered with every kind of insect imaginable <laughs> that – found its way into the pool, but now found that little piece of hose sticking out that it could climb onto, right. waiting for me to come rescue. To try to I, avoid I, I, I rescue, destruction. I, I will not watch a bug drown. Okay. So I rescue them. But I think similarly, you guys are like clinging to any little little piece of hose popping out of the water that will uh, help you out. And, and, and that's what that's all about. Bill Clinton and James Carville told Hillary how to win the election. And again, she didn't listen to them. She went with her idiots who picked Tim Kaine. If you remember the day she picked Tim Kaine on the air with you, I said, this is lunacy. Why pick this guy? He was horrible. Yeah, horrible. But but yeah, I mean, I think so. I understand what you're saying, but don't be so sure that 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 the McAuliffe's, the Terry McAuliffe's of the world, the Cory Booker's, that the, oh well, all, no, I th- there I th- are people out here who are legitimate. Right. Those are uh, listen, McAuliffe and Booker are both formidable threats, but they're unfortunately they're not getting all the attention. Maxine Waters is oh, Maxine a socialist Waters is in New York is well, she's so you guys brilliant. are paying attention to she's the wrong brilliant. people. She's I'm just brilliant. telling you, okay. you guys are you guys are celebrating the wrong people out there. But oh, you know what? My God, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. We'll say goodbye to you. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. So, but, let you me know. know. Yeah. You're impossible, but that's okay. It's good to be impossible. I'll talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. Yeah, but Mark likes that kind of thing. It's so brown. It's Thankfully, I mean, no one can throw look, you out of here. Look. <laughs> She's just so that's good. Black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Markation, everybody! Coming up with his. On. With his. Unusual show that will appear on Radio Free Home. Unconventional. Unconventional, to be sure. Yeah. Is this going to be your theme? No. Au revoir, everybody. I'm Mark Au revoir. Au revoir, monsieur. Au revoir. Yeah, Mark Kaysen did just say Maxine was brilliant. It's okay. I gotta get I gotta get uh Pamela Fake Geller news. here. I'm a little distracted. All right, buddy. See you, Mark. Let me get here right here. Let's see. Oh, Pam Geller. I'm so happy to have her back on the show. Don't tell her I'm playing this song though, right into her. It's not her theme. Sometimes she answers her phone. Sometimes she... Only 8.30 Eastern time, so let's see if she's going to come on. Hello, Pamela Geller. How are you? It's Jamie Allman. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Are you there? What do you think? Ah, there you yeah, are. you want 
Are you there? Yes, I am. Hey. Maybe use maybe use the landline. Oh, okay. I think you're yeah two one two. Oh no 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 no! Don't give the number out because you're on you're on my uh, stream. So can you can you text me the number? <laughs> yeah, sorry. About okay, that. I thought I had that. You know, I will text it to you. Will do. Yeah, text it to me, and I'll call you right back. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. It's not like I don't trust you guys. I'm just saying that that you know, uh, I don't want her giving out. Didn't want her giving out her home number on on the stream and on Facebook. Pamela Geller, of all people, too, because to tell you the truth, Pamela Geller has been. Uh, the subject of a variety of uh, of threats and everything else. It's not really – you talk about people who are truly imperiled. They're not Jim Acosta and they're not Wolf Blitzer. They're people like Pamela Geller who actually is uh, doing some great things. All right, here she did. Here she do. I'm so glad to be back with her. Isn't it cool that I'm, I'm starting to amass all my people back? After all this, there we go. Hello? Hello, Pamela Geller. How are you? Way better now. I love it. The GellerReport.com <laughs> and one uh, – and by the way – it has been a, a long past four months. I haven't talked to you since then. I haven't talked to you since everything kind of went south regarding all that stuff over at the old station and everything else. And yet now, as I sent you uh, over the weekend and everything else, I'm back. RadioFreeAlmond.com. You saw the Facebook page. You're seeing the stream here. And basically, uh, Pamela Geller, I'm just back up. I put the tent back up. I'm building up the 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 log cabin again and i have just as many people listening now if not more than i had before at the dinosaur radio station so you're in good company everybody is so happy to have you back on radio free allman and back with me and so i appreciate you wanting to be with me live here on a wednesday morning it's great to have you unquestionably first of all i'm honored to be here second of all i can tell you that of every radio show where I um, was on fairly regularly, uh, they were all somehow, some way removed, uh, all conservative voices. This is a systematic and very deliberate. It's a form of... It's a form of fascism, uh, this censorship. So it's not just on social media where we see, and as you know, I'm engaged in this legal battle for a couple of years now, um, uh, you know, suing the DOJ uh, for the legal protection, the immunity under Section 230 that they grant social media giants. It's not just under uh, social media where Twitter is shadow banning. I think they're shadow banning the president now. I mean, it's completely and utterly out of control. It is. It emulates the, the tactics of the Soviet Russia, uh, of communist China. Uh, Facebook, as you know, had the largest uh, decline in their stock in one day, 25%. In Wall Street history, it, it plummeted. It, it was the largest decline in Wall Street history. And what happened? You would think that maybe these companies that are suffering, like Facebook and Twitter, would say, you know, maybe we ought to revert back to when, when we were great and the reason why people signed up 
and the reason why people loved us. No, instead they hit bottom and they dig deeper. There have been all new rules and regulations shutting us off even more. Um, and so what happened to you is, you know, merely a reflection of what is it happening, what, what's happening to conservatives across the country. And I'm thrilled that you, like all of us, have had to do, uh, you know, literally Sisyphus, go out on your own and build your own building. You know, start, you know, start your own, you know, what, whether it's radio or website, whatever, uh, because... Clearly, these systems have failed us in terms of our First Amendment rights, without question. Well, and the, and the problem has been, uh, as we have more conglomerates kind of taking over uh, smaller media outlets all throughout the country, what you do is you have these conglomerates who are they're run and owned by liberals, essentially. Once they start to kind of gobble up, and I'm all for freedom in terms of ownership and all that kind of stuff, I get it. But the reality, what comes with that, especially when you have liberal companies, is you have individuals who will automatically just simply bow to the whims of a left-wing mob which is what they do, and too often they won't be brave enough to stand by the people who, A, are making them very profitable, by the way, uh, but also they won't have the wherewithal to stand by these individuals in the name of freedom. They'll just take the easier path and get rid of them because they really don't care. They're more mercenary about the whole thing. Well, corporations are cowards anyway. They're not in the business to be brave. What is what people don't understand is that, you know, for uh, before the consolidation of media companies in the 20th century, there were, for example, in in the United States, there were thousands, right? There were thousands of of newspapers. Okay, and uh, here in, um, in in New York, there were uh, I guess uh, over five hundred in in by eighteen sixty five fifty four fifty four newspapers in New York City. This this was a good thing: debate, discourse, human thought. The idea, this crackpot idea of fake news or hate speech, is really a canard wielded by the left uh, to silence those of us who dissent. Uh, I, I, I want to go back to the days of, remember the pamphleteers? I don't know if you learned about them in school, um, but the great thinkers were pamphleteers. Thomas Paine was a pamphleteer. Uh, the great, the most brilliant economic journalist, Frederick Bastiat, was, was a pamphleteer. They would print pam- pamphlets, much like a website, right? And they were used to broadcast the writer's opinions or to articulate, let's say, a, a political ideology um, or even to encourage people to vote. These were the days of, to me, the great, the great freedom of America. And this, this suppression and oppression, and, you know, not just you, but the, your family members will be targeted, and you will be, they, they will be, if they don't, if they don't publicly denounce um, their, their, their family num- members, they will be destroyed. And it does have a chilling effect. And people are afraid to stand up, Jamie, because they look at that and then they say, that could happen to me. 
Yeah. Well, we have uh, a candidate for the U.S. Senate here on the Republican side who's going to be with us in just a little bit, Austin Peterson, who just recently fell afoul of Twitter because he put up a – there was somebody – with. of course, there's this fake story out there about the Russians uh, trying to infiltrate Claire McCastle's campaign, which is completely a bunch of garbage. They've never offered one ounce of proof that it happened. And then they were insinuating somehow this was tied to Austin Peterson on this blog and – and Austin Peterson responded with a joke where he had a uh, little picture of Stalin and said off to the gulag. Well, they they shut him down for 12 hours saying that Twitter doesn't allow people to intimidate or try to sh- silence voices. And it's like, wait a minute. First of all, that wasn't an attempt to silence a voice. And we've had countless times where people on Twitter – that's all they're about is silencing voices. They did the same thing to me. And Twitter never came to uh, my defense on, on that matter at all. And then you also have the situation where Facebook now is inventing this threat uh, in the upcoming 2018 election that they've noticed that somebody's poking around and holding these, having these accounts. And to your point, what they seem to be doing is just to be setting up the pretense, the platform with which they can go ahead and and do it without kind of detection, silence conservative voices out there because they do not want the election of 2016 to happen again. And we snuck up on them utilizing social media. They don't want it to happen again. So they're inventing all kinds of different pretenses on which to silence our voices, I think. You don't have to think. It's absolutely true. First of all, this idea of fake news, where to begin? I don't know about you, but even when I was a kid and I would go grocery shopping with my mom and there were all these tabloid newspapers and they would say, you know, the Martians have landed and so on and so forth. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is there's always, uh, there's always been, uh, you know, a cacophony of voices. And there's always been, you know, news that was whatever, questionable. This, I, the, the premise of silencing voices, okay, based on this canard, is very, very dangerous. And Facebook and the meddling, first of all, I think that if anyone had, I mean, there was an interesting piece written by Daniel Greenfield that if anyone gained anything from quote-unquote Russian meddling, it was Bernie Sanders. It would have been Bernie Sanders. That's who they really wanted. And if you think about it, his political ideology certainly is in line with um, uh, the Reds, so to speak. As for Trump, who was really an, was was not even a political figure. You know, he couldn't even be, t- be tainted by the forces of D.C. This has been a bat to wield since day one of his presidency to stop him. But he is like that little energizer bunny. I mean, nothing stops this man. And I have been, frankly, so, um, you know, uh, overwhelmed that he has so exceeded my expectations. But he is one man. And he doesn't have the wind at his back in terms of the, the quizzlings and the spineless and the gutless in, in, in the Republican Party. I am glad that he is purging and has purged the weak sisters in his cabinet. Um, I think the last one of those is Mr. Sessions. I don't know what he's doing, uh, but I would certainly have been moving forward on prosecutions in terms of the um, 
the spying on the illegal spying on private Americans, on Hillary's uranium uh, sale to the uh, to the Ruskies, on her pay for play, her slush fund, the Clinton Foundation. There is so much. Yeah, and these illegal FISA warrants, which are really are bombshells. I mean, it's one bombshell after another. Um, there's so much going on. The left still is very much in control. And I do believe the de- decentralization of news and the work that we do, it's monumental. This is a massive machine, Jamie. Yeah. This is really a, a ma- massive machine. But I do think we're taking it down, and that's why I'm so happy that you are doing these live streams, You're taking it down brick by brick. This is not going to be something that happens. This is not something that was built in a day, and this is not going to be something that comes down in a day. Yeah. And we have to be vigilant. Every citizen has to get involved in this fight. Every there are no casual observers in, in this war. And it is a war. It is a war in the information battle space. And nothing right now should take more priority than the midterms. This, this, this um, scenario you're describing is outrageous. It's the first I'm hearing of it, maybe because it's a local political fight with this candidate. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, McCaskill is yeah, Russian meddling. In, this is now the new default sympathy position. There's Russian meddling, and if anyone with a modicum of sense should get out there and not just vote, but help get out the vote. Yeah, well, and you know what? This stream, and plus it's also the, uh, uh, the, the not only the Facebook stream, which hasn't, hasn't taken us off yet, but also the uh, live stream, Radio Free Almond app, uh, people can listen to it at all times. So we've really doubled our forces in terms of having people watch. Uh, and to your point about sessions, one of our people, Margaret Sharp, uh, Sharp just called him a Rip Van Sessions because that's one of the dangers. Now, I appreciated Jeff Sessions. Uh, he was one of the first people to support President Trump, I think helped him in Alabama, although I think President Trump was going to do fine in Alabama anyway. But nonetheless, he came out. I love that. But this is an example of one of the dangers of having entrenched politicians in in positions like he's in uh, with the Justice Department because these guys are too close to the people they should be prosecuting or going after. I mean, unfortunately, he's been so part of a machine. I wouldn't call it the swamp necessarily, but he kind of has been, uh, that, that I think he's too close to the people he ought to be pinching right now. I do think, first of all, to your point, and I think it needs to be stated that he was the first. He was the first. And I, I do admire uh, the fact that Trump, you know, uh, takes care. I, I love the loyalty. I do, and I can't say enough about it. I also think that the job is too big for um, Attorney General Sessions. And what I mean by that is we know during the Obama years from great uh, principled men like J. Christian Adams, who was at the senior level of the DOJ and actually left, I'm giving up that, you know, all the perks, the senior perks in terms of money and, and, and benefits and so on and so forth, because he could not stand to see what was happening there with, if you recall that, the voter suppression case where um, at the polls you had Black Panthers threatening white um, voters, if you recall. It was, uh, there were videos of it, and these cases were dropped, and Eric Holder really went to extraordinary lengths to team the Department of Justice with hardcore leftists, really, really uh, in the mold of, let's say, Eric Holder. Yeah. And so it's not just these prosecutions. It's a massive purge. 
And I don't think Sessions is up for that. I mean, there's so much to be done. From my purview, the, when uh, Eric Holder scuttled the prosecution of terror-tied groups that were named in the, in the largest terrorist funding trial in our nation's history, the Holy Land Foundation trial, yeah. groups like the Council of American Islamic Relations, the Islamic Society of North America, these are, with evidence, there is evidence, there is, quote, a mountain of evidence, and of course, Obama, who, as you know, I mean, demonstrably was on the side of the jihadists, uh, scuttled those prosecutions. They should go forward. Uh, If nothing else, these organizations would not be used and cited by not just mainstream media organizations as legitimate, um, quote-unquote, civil rights organizations. That's like calling the Ku Klux Klan a civil rights organization. Mm-hmm. But also school districts like San Diego partnering with terror-tied groups like the Unindicted Co-Conspirators Care in their programs for curriculum and for, quote-unquote, bullying. You know, this canard of yes. you know, Islamophobia. So they're... I do think they needed someone like a Giuliani, who at the time, if you recall, said he would only take Secretary of State. And I do think that Giuliani got a little too big for his britches there. You don't call yeah. those shots. Excuse yeah. me. I love you, but the, but the president calls those shots. You right know? on. Yeah. You know, Pamela, it's interesting. You mentioned the Holy Land Foundation. I'm going to get to something here real quick. But, but uh, I remember back in the day, right after 9-11 and locally uh, after the Holy Land Foundation issue came about, I did or I pursued a story about just simply broaching because I found Holy Land Foundation pamphlets and and uh, little uh, contribution envelopes at some of the Islamic centers here in town. And boy, I'll tell you what, I did that story and I had every imam in St. Louis in my news director's office and they shut my ass down faster than you could say hello because uh, I never did another story about it. Yeah, I'm, it, and it was a terror. It was a terror funding organization. And here, here, this is this is the, the crux of it. Those imams, yes, that you know, were fired up, you know, to get to Jamie's uh, employer. And so, what what I find so quizzical and sad is that the why aren't these imams fired up, you know, after a jihad attack, calling for the expunging of the Quran, of the Islamic texts and teachings that call for the slaughter and, and the genocide. You know, why aren't these imams fired up and instituting programs, <clears throat> pardon me, in the mosque, teaching against these um, Islamic and Quranic texts and teachings? No, they're fired up when you highlight awareness of a quote-unquote charity that's actually raising money to slaughter and to incite, and to murder. And again, this is what I think is, is the problem, the problem with the leadership. Now, uh, you know, I do believe that m- many Muslims are secular or are mm-hmm. absolutely not vested in these texts and teachings, but the point is leadership is. And that's that, and that is the problem. Yeah, and, so, and that's that's true. Because I, I mean, I actually know a, a lot of Muslims here in St. Louis, and and they're every bit as peaceful as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, of course. And so course. you know, but I, I, we I get no it. Issue with that. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, but I do want to tell you though, we, since you talked about alternative media, and that's why Pamela Geller, I so love having you 
on the show again and has have always loved talking to you because on your site, GellerReport.com, this is where you're going to get news that unfortunately you're just not going to see anywhere else, even if Americans are getting killed because we're so busy hearing Wolf Blitzer and Jim Acosta worry about their lives. And apparently they haven't noticed that two Americans – died and were killed on Sunday. Two American tourists were killed on Sunday by a terror group in Tajikistan. And this was, uh, and, and you have a picture of them. There's a video uh, where you have uh, shown that these individuals are pledging allegiance to this militant Muslim group before killing four Western ter- tourists. And to tell you the truth, I haven't heard one bit of that in mainstream media, not one. No, because I think in this particular case, you can't assign uh, the blame to the uh, mental illness community. I do think, by the way, it's, it's quite unfair how the mental illness community has had to bear the burden to carry the can for jihadi attacks, as you've recently seen, I'm sure, in Toronto. No, they will not. It's two Americans. I mean, that in itself makes it a front-page story. Two American tourists were slaughtered in an Islamic attack. And no, you won't hear anything about it, but I can assure you, if someone alleges that a hijab was pulled, okay, that it's going to make the front-page newspapers across America. Look, the American people, I don't know what the tipping point is. I do think there was an absolute tipping point with President Trump. The American people um, are going to see uh, just how destructive and how agenda-driven the quote-unquote press is, the fourth estate is, and they no longer deserve these privileges, okay, uh, that they get to advance their agenda. I mean, it's, if nothing else, the election of President Trump forced the left-wing media to, uh, you know, pull off their mask. They're rabid. They're insane. They're nuts. It's not just daily. Sometimes it's hourly. I cannot sign on to my AOL account without their top stories every day. Some god-awful picture of Trump, okay, and some really bogus story about some bogus insult or some perceived indiscretion that he, I mean, it's just incredible. They are unhinged to the point of, uh, you know, it, it's jaw-dropping. And I understand that there, there is this section of America that is completely dogmatic and out there cheering along with it. And I think a lot of it is um, the Moranials, these young people that for the past, it took a generation, were inculcated in the public school, uh, you know, where they stopped church- teaching about geography, they stopped teaching ethics, they stopped teaching uh, cursive, and they were teaching this, this pablum, this, this toxic uh, left-wing uh, propaganda. And what you're seeing now is this generation of thumb-sucking, spoiled brats who, when they don't get their way, get violent. I know. I used to speak on college campuses. Oh, by the way, that's out now. Used to my speak on, yeah. And, yeah, my colleagues and I are never invited. And frankly, I'm supposed to speak at Berkeley 
this September. Whether it'll get or it'll come off, I have no idea. That's how bad the low state of free speech is in this country. And I advise your listeners, if they have children, unless they want to be a particular thing, a particular profession, like a doctor or a lawyer where you need a particular degree, do not deliver your children into the hands of, these, of the enemy. Today, universities have become incubators of hatred and dogmatic, uh, uh, violent approach. It's certainly not safe for Jewish students. This nobody talks about. Well, and, and nobody talks about it at all. Help him. You were, you were, you were even in peril at CPAC, a conservative uh, convening, and and they wanted, they ran you out of, of CPAC for crying out loud. So, I mean, even some of our own brothers and sisters are falling victim to this cabal. So. I'm, I appreciate your fight, and, and hopefully next time around uh, you'll still have a voice there at CPAC at the very least. But, yeah, the university situation. Oh, that, that is been... ne- that, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Because, look, we, we see, we, look in the, there, it, if Trump did anything at all, he also uh, is shown a light on this, um, you know, bifurcation in, in the Republican Party. It, was, it beca- became manifest in the Tea Party. But in Trump where you had, quote-unquote, conservatives that were never Trumpers. I mean, that's like saying, you know, that you are a, you know, a, uh, a, a virgin prostitute. I don't get it. <clears throat> How could you be one and, and the other? It's not, it's not possible. And it's shown a light on these weak, quizzling rhinos who are the establishment of the party. They are. Yeah. They are the establishment of the party, and we, the people, just are... Are not having it anymore. We're just not having it. And the concern, I mean, when I finally got back into CPAC, finally, I mean, literally, after I can't even begin to tell you, Jamie, how hard I worked, how many months, because I thought, look, those twelve to fifteen thousand people who go to CPAC, they're going they're, to get activated. They're going for their, you know, their marching orders. They're going for all the right reason. They don't know that they're being led by spineless, gutless wonders. So yeah. that was all. I couldn't take my eye off that ball. Do you know what I mean? No doubt about thought, it. Okay, so I set up this panel. Right? I set up this panel uh, of social media giants and censorship because I do believe that of everything, the fight for free speech is the number one fight in this country because without it, peaceful men will have to resort to violence. We are trying to avoid a war, not, not start a war. And I, I get this panel together, and the next thing they do at CPAC is they go, oh, okay, uh, you can't have Jim Hoft, a yeah. big pundit. We don't like what he said about uh, David Hogg. They're standing in defense of David Hogg, okay, who's a complete tool for the left and for gun control. And I said, well, then I'm not going to do the panel. And it, went into, it became this huge brouhaha. Yeah. But look, look, look what happened. They, here I'm doing a panel. <laughs> the irony of doing a panel on freedom of speech and the rhinos at CPAC are saying, okay, you can't have this guy. Unreal. Who has done, who has done more, who has done more gateway pundit out of your city. Yes. Okay, this huge conservative site, and he's huge. This huge conservative has done more for the conservative movement, and that's, how, that's who they turn their knives on. Hey, brothers, turn your knives on the left like that. You never do. They never do. No. They always are, always with the white gloves, always gentlemanly, always, oh, we can't talk like that, and don't do that. And that's not nice. And they play nice in the sandbox. Oh, don't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. But on our own, on our own, 
they, it's a circular firing squad, bada bing, bada boom. They yeah. never have our backs. Well, and you know what? The Ben Sasses of the world and the Jeff Flakes, they're more concerned, for instance, if you criticize journalists than they are when Trump supporters get beaten outside of rallies or shut down in forums like you just described with uh, with CPAC. And again, I'm also pleased, of course, that Jimmy Hoft is, in fact, a mainstay of Radio Free Allman now, too. So uh, and, and I'm more than happy that Pamela Geller, you are part of it as well. It's always great talking to you. I hope we can make this kind of a regular thing every Wednesday at this time. I hope you don't mind doing that. Uh, but with time permitting, uh, I'd love to have you on a weekly basis. So uh, if you're time, if you've got the time, I've got the time, uh, Pamela Geller. So great having you on. Love being here. Thank you so much, Jamie. All right. You too. GellerReport.com is where you can find her. And uh, she is awesome and a fighter indeed. It's funny. Lise had mentioned something about uh, – Cursive because because Pamela did, and Lise uh, said, uh, "Yeah, I do teach cursive to my second graders." Thankfully, and I ha- <laughs> so I like I like cards, all right, and uh, like giving people cards, and I, I especially like leaving cards for my kids, you know, and, and when they do something or that I like, you know, came back from Italy and I left them cards and said, "Oh, you guys were so great in Italy," and blah 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 blah. And something uh, Natalie had a little uh, achievement, a little milestone in her life. And so the other night I got her a card uh, congratulating her on her little milestone. And then I also, of course, because I didn't want to give her a card with uh, Lily standing right there because Lily would go, where's my card? And it's not like everybody deserves a card, like everybody deserves a trophy. But I wanted to also uh, give Lily a little card to to say uh, thank you and congratulations to you for helping Natalie reach this milestone. So I wanted to engage her in that as well. So I write these two cards out and I give them to the girls and they're looking at them. And they're so sweet because they are, uh, they are, uh, you know, being polite to me. And I finally get the sense that really the girls can't really read their cards because my penmanship is so horrible that they're just kind of like, oh, thank you. I go, do you see what it says? Kind of. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> give them these little greeting cards, these little cards, and they just, uh, you know can't read my writing. So, Lise, I wish that I would have been taught cursive by you because then I would have – I because I'm even printing. I'm, I'm using print. I'm not even using cursive, and they still can't read it. So I, I, I could apply that and wish that I were a doctor writing prescriptions because then I'd probably you know be okay. But uh, when it comes to writing out cards, I am uh, – you know, I try, but I wish I had better penmanship. That's for sure. Nobody can read my writing. It's a thought that counts, right? Yeah. All right, folks. Coming up, I've got my good friend Chris from Mattress King, who is a brand new sponsor of the show, but also one of the original, the original sponsor of Radio Free Allman, I'm proud to say. One Mattress King on Facebook. Please like it on the Facebook page. Also, very, very pleased to announce Matthew Mitchell of the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency 
is now another official sponsor of Radio Free Allman, 855-QUOTE-ME, home, life, auto, I got it all with him, and I hope he can get it with you, you with him too, because call him, thank him for his support of the show. Proctor Drapery's on the way too, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. And don't forget about Discovery Design, Inc., Proud sponsor of the studio, Santino's Cigars and Cocktails, where I'm going to see you on Thursday. Also, by the way, proud to have Golden Oak Lending. They're going to be on board as of September 1, so I love these guys too, Golden Oak Lending. So if you're in the market for any of this, go ahead and thank them for keeping us on, for keeping freedom alive, for keeping conservative radio where it ought to be, right in front of you. Austin Peterson is pinched by Twitter. 12 hours. He's going to be in the studio with us in just a sec. Over a a mild little joke on Twitter, so we're going to have that for you as well. I'm trying not to be pulled off of Facebook here, but we'll see. Are you doing okay still, Matt? <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Also coming up, a little story that you might not have uh, paid much of attention to, but there is a brand new UFC fighters promotion where the guys are dressed in coats and ties. You know that if you're a UFC fan? And also, by the way, you guys know about a thing called Movie Pass? Well, apparently Movie Pass is failing big, so we're going to follow up on that if we can. We only have an hour left. There's so much to talk about, crying out loud, but hopefully we can uh, work it out, fit it in. It's your Radio Free Almond. Is Austin Peterson out there, by the way, yet? Is Chris out there? Chris is here? Oh, come on in, Chris. Come here, buddy. Chris looks refreshed. You know why? Because because Chris probably slept on a Mattress King mattress. Probably slept on a Symbol mattress, didn't you? Sure did. Did you really? Yep. Folks, I got to tell you, I have said this before and I'll say it again. I'm really, really proud of the fact that Mattress King is is the first advertiser for Radio Free Almond that we ever had the pleasure of having support the show. And Chris, you know, one thing I've only known you as Chris, so I feel like I'm sometimes butcher your last name. I've said Keneman. I've said Kahneman. Is there a verdict on the pronunciation of Chris's last name? It's uh, Kahneman. See? I figured it was, it kind of looked like Kahneman. Uh-huh. It doesn't look like Kahneman. No, but I've so, been used to that my whole life. No, oh, one, I no one ever gets it right. When they call you out in class, yeah. Chris Kahneman, please come forward to accept your... Yeah, I know. But I have to tell you, I... I 
so appreciate the fact that you stepped up and uh, you are supporting Radio Free Allman. And I was so proud to announce you. And then Discovery Design, Inc. wasn't far behind uh, as supporters of Radio Free Allman. And now people are just stacking up, which is great. Uh, it takes time because people just have to kind of know you're out there. And we got to, you know, pound the ground a little bit and get things out there. And it works. But uh, it didn't take too much cajoling to have... Uh, Chris Kahneman joined the show uh, with Mattress King. And I'll tell you, these mattresses, I never even knew that bamboo was a thing. Tell me about it. So what they do is they uh, they take the fibers from the uh, the bamboo and they weave it into the top of the mattress. It's naturally cooling. Uh, it's naturally moisture wicking. Um, it just makes, it gives a totally different feel to the uh, top of the mattress. And uh, it's one of the new new trends in in making a mattress is you've got bamboo pillows, bamboo tops, bamboo blankets. And that's, that's what they've done with this particular bed that you're, you're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, what's great is I love to be able to, uh, support small businesses and, uh, people like yourself, you've got kids, you're raising a family and you decided to wander out there into the world of small businesses, which isn't easy by the way, and came up with this, uh, this beautiful idea to not only compete in the mattress world, but also, to uh, offer people the lowest price mattress they're going to find anywhere. And part of the construct is that you do, with the exception of Saturdays, you do a, uh, a by appointment only kind of right. uh, thing. How, how does that work? Well, it's kind of new to this area. It's not a new business idea, but it's new to this area. Um, when you go to any mattress store, there's somebody sitting there at a computer waiting for you to come in. They're paying for the overhead. They're paying for the lights. They're paying for their employees. So they're going to have naturally higher prices. Um, doing it by appointment, if we don't have an appointment that day, we're not running anything. Uh, the store is locked up. Uh, it also gives the customer a one-on-one. When they come in, you're, I'm your focus. I'm going to help you find the mattress you want. We're going to get you the lowest possible price. And a good quality mattress and a good comfortable mattress. And it's not complicated. And that's what people are paying for. They're paying for, first of all, the complications. They're paying for all these bells and whistles and these little machines that are lifting the bed here, lifting it there, whatever. And the the numbers and the sleep, all those kinds of things. And they're also paying, again, for basically the rent, the overhead, the lights, the employees, and so what's happening is you're you're having a mattress that some seven hundred to a thousand dollars of it is just simply lopped on, correct for the for the profiting and the and the payoff of the of the upkeep, and that just isn't there with you, right? Yeah, we're we're the, I saw a niche in the market to where you know all these mattress guys were wanting to make a thousand plus profit on their mattresses, and I saw a niche to where you know people are not wanting to spend. Four thousand, five thousand, six thousand. I've seen some up to ten thousand dollars for a mattress. They want a good night's sleep. They want it to last a considerable amount of time, but they don't want to pay, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for a mattress. You know, you can come in at at, at my store, spend as little as one hundred ninety five dollars for a queen set, or go as high as fifteen hundred dollars for a queen set. 
but and we're not we're not going to you know we're not making thousands on there we're working off of volume more than anything else yeah and and that's the thing a lot of people just want a good night's sleep a comfortable sleep and some people are in a situation where uh they really are looking for for instance something that supports their back or maybe they're looking for something that happens to be more cooling for them whatever you're able to kind of provide all different right. kinds of avenues for these people to get that night's sleep they want Right. Yeah, we're, you know, we have all the trends that are going on there. We have, you know, your basic model all the way up to the hybrids. Um, but we are, we are a basic store. When you walk in, the mattresses are on display. You can see them. They're still wrapped in their plastic, um, you know, to keep them good and clean. I don't know if you've ever been into any of the mattress yeah. stores. You look, you can see the oil stains from people yeah. laying on oh, them. Oh, golly. And, yeah. you know, that was just kind of an ooh factor we just wanted to stay away from. So we keep them in their plastic so that uh, people can, so they're clean when people lay on them. Uh, and pretty much the response has been great. And we did do the 10 to 2 just for the people that, you know, well, I really can't make an appointment. I want right. to just come in and. On know, a Saturday, yeah. yeah. And to give them, a, give them someone, you know, I'll be there from 10 to 2. You can come in anytime you want. Right on. Time. And you're right there in St. Peter's. What's the address? It's 3004 South St. Peter's Parkway, Suite Q. And that's 63303. Okay, I'm putting, I'm, I'm putting this uh, in the message section. Uh, on uh, on Facebook here, South okay. Peters Parkway, and what's the what's the um, zip six three three zero three? Okay, and then it's one mattress king on Facebook, right? Correct. And just look for the purple cartoon king. That's our <laughs> our little mascot. I love that. You know, I mean, because because I, you know what, you might as well if you're going to sell mattresses, be the mattress king, right? You know what I mean. Just go I mean, all just the way. Go big or stay home. You yeah. gotta just call yourself the queen and that uh, uh, the king and and you're and you're off to it. No queen, just the king. One mattress king on Facebook, and then uh, let me get your phone number here up there too. I'm putting this in the comment section there so that people can go on your page, like it, see what you have to offer. So how do they get a hold of you for an appointment, Chris? Uh, just call six three six six nine eight five one six seven. And uh, if, I, if we don't answer, just leave a message, and we will definitely return your call. If, and usually, we answer, you know, first, second, third ring. Yeah, I mean, if you, if yeah, you, you, uh, I, I called you on the same line, and boom, you were right. I actually called you. Sorry, I called you so late. Oh, that's all right. It's kind of how I, how I. Well, what'd you bring in with you, by the way? I brought in um, one of our uh, gel pillows that we sell. Oh, uh, nice. And this is yours. Oh, thank you, buddy. You're welcome. It's a gel um, pillow. Yep, it's one of uh, one of our pillows that we offer. Uh, we sell them, and, and some of our mattresses we give them away as a um, as incentive for buying the mattress. Nice. Um, and so I sleep on one of those. I'm a side sleeper. It's one of those that you know really help keep your neck. Oh, good. Because I'm I'm exactly that a side yeah. sleeper. I I I definitely this is going to be great. Yeah, the, I'm with you, man. They're they're great. I I love them. Um, you know, it's got the gel foam in it, so it doesn't heat up at the, in the night. It just keeps you good and cool. I love going to Dr. Eric Naputi NaputiWellness dot com, uh, but I don't I don't have to see him all the time. And this pillow is going to help me not have to see him all the time. My chiropractor, my my wellness guy. And by the way, you guys can see what the that looks like on Facebook, and this is how it sounds on the stream. <laughs> That's how, that's how you. That's how your uh, gel pillow sounds, 
Chris, thanks a ton, man. Sure. And folks, if you can show some Chris some love, at the very least, go to the Facebook page, say thanks for supporting Radio Free Allman. Again, as I point out, Mattress King is the original number one sponsor of Radio Free Allman. This is from the very beginning, and Chris has been a great guy, and I so appreciate what you're doing, uh, and also appreciate what you're doing for my people in terms of giving them the the great prices and uh, and uh, the great products. So thank you, buddy. I got one last thing yes. for you. Yeah. We, uh, Till, uh, till the close of business on Saturday for all Almond listeners, if you come in and say you're from the Almond Show, we'll give you, depending on the mattress, an additional 25 to $100 off your mattress. Nice. Okay, so uh, if they just say, come on in, we listen to Radio Free Almond, we're here, right. or call him and, yep. say you're, and set up your appointment and make the, the, close the deal, then he'll, uh, he'll send some uh, money love your way. Chris, thanks a ton. You're welcome. That simple mattress, by the way, is 1961, so it's pretty... It's, it's been uh, around a long it's time. It's an old school, and it and it's comfortable as heck. So check it out. It's Mattress King, one Mattress King on Facebook. So check that out too. Chris Kahneman, thanks a ton, buddy. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you very much. Appreciate you. We're going to go ahead and uh, transfer guests here and have you. Uh, I guess you're going to you know what you're going to you're going to have the privilege too of handing over the headphones to. A person who very well could be the next U.S. senator from the state of Missouri. You never know, depending on how, how things work out in August. Austin Peterson, Chris Kahneman. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Hey, man. How you doing? All right. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you, too. That's your microphone over there, partner. And, uh, <laughs> buddy, this has been crazy. Now, while, while I was on vacation, while I was in Italy, the whole 3D gun thing came about where you were involved and I need to backtrack on that but in the immediate this ridiculous situation where and uh, with Austin Peterson here uh, AP for Liberty uh, on Twitter this ridiculous situation where Twitter suspended you for 12 hours you didn't hear I am Russian collaborator <laughs> unbelievable they, they sent me to Gulag comrade <laughs> for 12 hours it was actually really bad because if you think about it I don't have many 12 hour sessions left to go in seven days. Right. Claire McCaskill's super PAC launched an attack on me the other day. Uh, they say that because my campaign accepts Bitcoin, I might be implicated <laughs> in the Russian hack, quote unquote, against Claire McCaskill. Jay Ashcroft yesterday was saying he doesn't believe her that she got hacked. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. But anyway, so I got in trouble because they were saying I was a Russian conspirator. So I responded to them on Twitter with a GIF. Uh, or picture of Joseph Stalin waving bye-bye and saying, off to gulag now. Yeah, right. So apparently, if you make a joke about a gulag, they will send you to a Twitter gulag. How is it possible? Was it was it gulag or was it Stalin? Or It was just Stalin waving goodbye saying, right. off to gulag now, as a joke, of course, because they right. were claiming I was a Russian. And they said they reported that as a credible threat of violence, Jamie. Like I have a gulag on peculiar in, out in Peculiar somewhere, right? Oh. Like I'm like... This is unbelievable, I, I, you know. Because here's the thing, they I noticed what they what they sent you was this claim somehow that you were either being intimidating or you're trying to shut down other voices, which is kind of like that's what the left does routinely on Twitter. Twitter recommended this content for me to use. It's in Twitter's collection of pictures for you to use. Oh, so, it is? So it's kind of like going to the Cheesecake Factory, ordering cheesecake, and they're like, get out. Right. But they're cracking down on conservatives. We know that, right? You know, we've seen, we've seen what they do to conservatives. But, I mean, we're talking about 
actual interference with elections here. Uh, Twitter has come in and they've apparently they picked a side. Facebook banned me for giving away AR-15s twice, and they're contributing to Claire McCaskill. Cheryl Sandberg, right, right, right. So they have an interest. They have a dog in this fight. I think that they've probably seen that there's a chance that a Liberty Republican like myself, if I survive this primary, would beat Claire McCaskill by double digits, sixteen points. Because you know, a lot of people don't know Jamie. In 2012, the, the Libertarians actually got six percent of the vote, and in a general election, 166,000 votes. If if you want your Republican candidate to beat Claire McCaskill handily. You'll want those extra 6%. You know there's only one guy who can bring those those kinds of herding cats type people into the Republican Party to beat Claire McCaskill, and that's me. Who – this is – when I first heard the Claire McCaskill thing, because I mentioned earlier this morning, mm-hmm. it's weird because the story was just kind of too convenient and too – uh, beginning, middle, end yeah. for me. It was kind of like I, I heard it on Fox News or something, some little reader or something. Claire McCaskill says that she will not be intimidated and blah, blah, blah. And the campaign has offered zero evidence, zero proof that they yeah. there was any attempt. They haven't even given us a, any kind of piece of paper or anything that shows it's happened. So it completely sounds like it was an invented story. Yeah, it was a left-wing magazine that first reported this story, uh, Daily Beast. Yeah. And uh, she's probably gotten a little bit of she, a little jealousy over the fact that we've been dominating the news with our 3D gun giveaway. She has to stay relevant. She has to stay into the narrative. Uh, so she had to do something. I think she's probably just trying to set herself up for why she lost. It's like the Russians did it. Yeah. The Russians attacked Like Hillary me. did. Like Hillary did, right? Try and blame it on someone else. But Claire McCaskill is, again, for the third month in a row, she is the least popular member of Congress. We should be blowing her out of the water. This is a Trump state. Trump 19 point state. But listen, I was there last night in Neosho. We got in at 2 a.m. to St. Louis last night after being at the watermelon feed in Neosho. It was the first time I got to stand up on stage with Josh Hawley. And I am not exaggerating. People can check me on this Facebook feed, but I got up there, gave a speech. I was like, let's make a America free again, big applause, and then Josh stands up right behind me, and it was like golf claps. Golf. Really? Yeah. I so, but a, Holly was there, Holly which was is actually there. Yeah, uh, and then of course he jetted out of there and, and ran away pretty quick. He doesn't want to talk to the plebes, like us, yeah. right? Um, but um, there's a lack of enthusiasm. That would if if Josh wins the primary, I think he carries that lack of enthusiasm into the general. And Jamie, there's something important you need to know. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that if you're not a Josh Holly voter. Everybody else, they don't have any money. They don't have any money. They're either ma- or they're massively in debt. So here's the here's the fact. Of the matter is, I raised almost six hundred thousand dollars, Jamie, forty bucks at a time. Forty, you know, I'm at forty thousand personal phone calls I've made to raise that money. You know, because that's how we're going to beat Claire. Nobody's going to raise more money than Claire. You got to beat her with hard work. And I'm the only debt free, not Josh Hawley candidate. And here's the thing: how I have treated my donors' money is how I will treat your money. That's other people's money. How I have treated their money is how I will treat your tax taxpayer dollars next year. Again, no other Republican Senate candidate beats Claire by double digits, not even Josh. No other not Josh Hawley candidate has a dime in in the bank or in the name. You cannot build an army in six days, Jamie. If you want a pro-life constitutional conservative, if you want the right side of Judge Napolitano's brain, if you want a Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Mike Lee conservative, somebody who's going to lock arms with them and the four horsemen of freedom in the Senate next year will stand arm in arm to block 
$1.3 trillion omnibus bills, to pass more tax cut bills, to protect our Second Amendment rights, because Josh Hawley's already come out in favor of gun control. And in the primary, in a Republican state, if he was there for 40 years, do you know what that would mean for us to have to organize against a gun control Republican for 40 years? There's only one vote that counts against Claire McCaskill this year. It's Austin Peterson. Everything else, you might as well be voting for Claire. And that's not to offend anybody. The other guys are swell guys, and they've worked hard. I know you respect them. I do, too, for putting their name on the ballot. But it's, this is a Benjamin Franklin join or die that we have got to put together the grassroots because Josh is in the lead, and we've got six days. If we all get together behind me, we'll win. If we don't, Mitch McConnell in the swamp wins. Rand Paul just came out yesterday saying, uh, giving his blessing to Kavanaugh. Uh, what is your sense on that, too? Do you agree? Well, I can't say – I can't ask Republicans to say for me because they'll uh, disagree with me on one issue or another. I can't have Republicans uh, you know, say, well, I'm 80 percent friend is not 20 percent an enemy. I think Senator Rand Paul – probably sees the Kavanaugh as someone that he agrees with 80% of the time, 90% of the time. Because I'll be honest, the only stipulation that, that Rand Paul and myself had with him was uh, was his um, sec, uh, not the Fourth Amendment question, right, about privacy. Because Gorsuch was so much better on those things. But I mean, it's very tough right, to find right. uh, judges who have those kinds of precedents set who, you know, are loud and proud on the Fourth Amendment. It's probably one of our most abused amendments in the last... It's since, hard to find some Republicans who were uh, defensive of the Fourth Amendment. Very very hard. So, um, so I tend to trust Rand's judgment, but of course, I I couldn't sit on the on the hearings. I wanted to ask those questions myself, uh, but I tend to trust Rand. I think he's probably making a good decision based on the available information because he's good on life, he's good on guns, he's good on regulations, he's good on pretty much everything that we conservatives agree on. Uh, it was just that one privacy provision that we need to get into. But we may get another Supreme Court pick. Ruth Bader Ginsburg says she's going to be there another five years. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, in all due respect, I I wish no ill will on anybody's health or anything like that, but it doesn't look like – Five years. I don't I mean, know about that. Man. Yeah. So, did you see how the liberals are like offering to donate their organs to her to keep her alive? <laughs> That's it's unbelievable. Like, drink the blood of virgins, and she will survive. Oh, it's like it's like they're gonna. They're, it's it's like she's gonna be up in the attic, uh, <laughs> you know, in a rocking chair, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna come to the door. Is Ruth here? Uh, yeah, she's here. You know, and, and crazy. But yeah, I mean, yeah. He, and he, and who knows? He might get a third pick for crying out loud. Who knows? He could even get a fourth. Yeah, we, we, there, we could. Shape, we're going to be able to shape the Supreme Court for generations to come. Uh, that's uh, really important. That's one thing that uh, we need to focus on is getting a good constitutional conservative. Because you know, Claire McCaskill is not going to be our friend. She may vote for this one. She may vote for Kavanaugh because she knows that she's in big trouble. Here. Oh yeah. When she turns around and in November she wants to look like the moderate. Uh, so I don't wouldn't be surprised to see her do a, a turnaround. And probably the leadership, you know, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi will give her a free pass. They usually give free pass to the Democrats in red states. It's why Manchin can get away with right. saying, you know, West Virginia likes Trump and West Virginia likes <laughs> yeah, Manchin. Right, no, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well, and you know what? Claire McCaskill might even start accepting Bitcoin. Oh, no. Uh, you know, Russian conspiracy. <laughs> I think she's just angry. They're just angry because they didn't think of that. 
You know, <laughs> you know they, they're just like, oh, wait well, a minute, Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, but, you know what's crazy is that they, you know they're all fired up over that. But I mean, I would have thought that I was going to get in trouble for giving away one of these ghost gunner machines, right? And I don't know if you heard, but we actually got a little breaking news this morning. We have a ghost gunner machine. We're going to give it away. But somebody chipped in last night, and we now have two ghost gunner machines. Okay, so what? Like, I I'm, I need to get caught yeah. up here. So what? What exactly is the difference between like the 3D thing mm-hmm. and a ghost gunner? They're machine? They're both made by the same company, but they perform different functions. A 3D printer prints a gun or anything out of plastic. Um, right. I do not recommend that you do something like that because <laughs> that could explode in your hands. So don't recommend 3D printing guns. But it's a, a fabulous technology, and we do not want to restrict that technology because of, right. all, because of, of all of the wonderful innovations that could come from it. Um, and then, of course, the ghost gunner machine that I'm giving away is a mill. Uh, it's a very common piece of equipment. You, a lot of people have mills in their workshops. It's just a metal cutting device. The ghost gunner 2 that I'm giving away is a metal cutting device, tabletop, microwave size metal cutting device so that you can use use to turn an 80% lower of an AR-15 into a full rifle, what the ETF classifies as a rifle. You're allowed to do that in your shop. You don't need a ghost gunner machine to do something like that. You can make a firearm without a serial number because you have an intrinsic natural right to self-defense. So we're giving that away at austinforcenter.com. I mean, it's been a cash bonanza, the best fundraising month we've ever had, lots of excitement over this ghost gunner. And I love being able to educate uh, people about this. But what's interesting is that it's not a debate about the Second Amendment. It's actually a debate about the First Amendment because the mill is perfectly legal. What we're really fighting over are the blueprints the software of how a rifle is made. And that's what everybody's fighting against Cody Wilson of Defense Distributed. Right, to right. stop. The federal judge issued a block order to stop them from releasing these plans. Those plans are already online. They right. already exist. So it's a free speech issue. And, um, you know, I think that this marks the end of gun control as we know it. Uh, probably the firearm manufacturers are, are freaking out because they don't want you to be able to build one in your home, right? I mean, they want you to buy theirs. Smith & Wesson yeah. wants, you, wants you to buy theirs. Um, but what's the difference between what you, when you do it in your own shop or when you do it when Smith & Wesson does it? The license. Uh, and that's really what we're, what's at de- debate here, what's at discussion here. Um, it's a question of free speech. It's a First Amendment issue. And then it's a Second, emis- Second Amendment issue later. Everybody has the right to own a firearm that does not contain a serial number. If you ultimately do not believe in universal gun registration, which I don't think conservatives do, then really what is the point of a serial number ultimately? Um, criminals aren't going to obey the law. It's it's a lot cheaper to steal a gun or to even buy a gun yeah. than buy a printer. I know. You've got to be kind of smart to figure out yeah. how something like that works. So there's a lot of much ado about nothing. Um, but again, I'm on the Riverfront Times attacked me yesterday. <laughs> they said this chipmunk-cheeked politician, uh-huh. you know, this gun zealot. Um, but, you know, they don't understand what a 3d printer is anything you know or versus a mill or anything about guns at all they're just freaked no. out that this you know gun zealot might that's <laughs> a primary here uh so 3d printing is the age of the future we need to be on the freedom side of this issue again i as i always say i will protect all of your liberties all of the time yeah they don't know a whole lot over there at the rft so i mean it, it, there's a lot of evidence of that so i wouldn't, Fake news. wouldn't write, i mean nobody even even the, the very people when they advertise for music every band in st louis can't stand the Riverfront Times. That's how they've made their way for this long. Well, so, getting banned by Twitter, you know. have being attacked by Claire's Super PAC, the Riverfront Times is on the attack. You know, I, <laughs> things are looking, yeah, things good. Are looking good. Yeah, You know, interestingly enough, too, uh, and, and just in case people have, because there are some people who don't know a whole hell of a lot about Bitcoin in general, mm-hmm. and so this idea somehow that it's a Russian thing, <laughs> there are Bitcoin ATMs 
all throughout St. Louis, mm-hmm. and they're not run by Russians. They're not run by anything else. You can you could argue whether or not Bitcoin's as valuable as it as as it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, there are you can uh, the Bitcoin is not a mystery to yeah. to anybody. Yeah, it's a digital currency. It exists online. You're a, you can trade it. You can have a digital wallet. It's secure. It's something that you can use to buy on. Uh, what's the uh, the website online where you buy all the furniture? Overstock.com. You can buy couches and furniture on Overstock.com using Bitcoin. Uh, people donate Bitcoin to our campaign. Somebody tried to give us three quarters of a million dollars in Bitcoin. We had to refuse it. Uh, it was yeah, kind of shame, but uh, but you know, only allowed to accept twenty seven hundred dollars. Unfortunately, yeah. we yeah. Couldn't, couldn't take all that money. But uh, the thing about the Bitcoin is is that why we like this as conservatives and libertarians ultimately is because like the three D printer is the end of gun control, the Bitcoin is the end of central banks. Because the Bitcoin is not the, – the interest rate, right, the amount of money creation and, and supply, it is not controlled by a central bank. You can't inflate the number of Bitcoins. It has a fixed amount. It's kind of like a gold standard in a sense that once the last Bitcoin is mined, no more can be created. And so it's a revolution because Thomas Jefferson-style classical liberals, people like myself who believe in, in no central bank, we have been fighting this fight. Andrew Jackson killed the bank, right, the second time. And then in 1913, we passed the income tax, we passed the 17th Amendment, and we passed the Federal Reserve Act. Woodrow Wilson, the worst president in American history. Um, but Without a central bank. Oh, come on. He was an academic. What are you talking about? Oh, he about? was a professor, right? <laughs> yeah, his wife like propped him up in bed that time and he was like almost dead. A lot of people don't know this story, but like what, Mrs. Wilson was actually the president for a while. Yeah. 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 It was kind of an interesting story. But um, Bitcoin is just a currency that's free of manipulation by bankers. Uh, it's an di- inter- international universal currency, and that's why governments, big banks, and politicians fear it. I still, I still, I, I've, I've yet. I'm still more of a like. I kind of like. I like to have the money in. My you like hand. the Federal Reserve does. You I, know, I, you know, Russians use those. Drug dealers <laughs> use those. Those yeah. dollars. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm even worse. I have a. I still have a euro. So I from. Uh, so you're obviously Italy. collaborating with the Italians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were talking yeah. to my buddy Judge Napolitano yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I know. I know. It's yeah. Italian. It's an Italian conspiracy. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I didn't have a chance to talk to him about you, but uh, yeah, what's up with that? Jamie? I know, man. I was I, mad. I, to tell you the truth, I kind of, I, I did. I have to admit, I kind of was so excited to talk to him about all this stuff uh, was happening. I kind of forgot. Well, he said like <laughs> once a week. So, you know, uh, yeah, get know. him on the day before the primary. You got to ask him about me, Jamie, because the fact oh, that I know because he knows that I'm the best damn candidate in the whole country right now, whether it's economic freedom, personal liberty, the Second Amendment, you know, when it comes to your tax dollars, when it comes to your privacy. Um, you know, Jamie, I know that, you know, you've been a pretty good, done a good job of being neutral, but I think you want, you know what I know that we don't want Josh Hawley to win. Right. If you don't want Josh to win, Jamie, Will you take a stand? You do this to me every time. I have to. It's my job because I'm t- this is the future of our country. I understand that. And, I, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, Jamie. Right, will no, you, will I you know. support I can't. I can't I, there's no way – for instance, I've been able to do this because I know that there's a lot of different people who support a lot of different folks out there. These and are the times that try men's souls. <laughs> yes, I know. When the summer shine be. patriots and the summer <laughs> sold when called to their time right. of need. Otherwise, we may say crouch down and lick the hand that feeds you. May your <laughs> chains rest lightly <laughs> upon you. Yes. Depart from us, we ask not for your counsel nor your arms, and may posterity forget that you are our country. Yes, my Calvin and Coolidge fan <laughs> Samuel <club> Adams. <laughs> Sam Adams. Give me a beer. Yeah, all right. Well, listen, man, uh, thanks for being with us. And thanks, again, Sam. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do uh, throughout, as we head into August 7th, I'm going to make sure that I have uh, you know, all access 
uh, anytime people want, I've, I've talked to Heather and other folks out there and all the other campaigns. Listen, if you can't be in here, you can always call into the show or, or give me your numbers. So I can call you because I have Skype here. So, uh, so, you know, obviously the door has always been open for you folks. And people look, people look up to you, Jamie. They admire yeah. you. And we've been friends since way back at the beginning right. of this thing. And uh, like I said, like Ronald Reagan said, I'll finish with this. It is a time for choosing. Hey, listen, you've run a great campaign. And uh, I have to tell you, more than anybody who – the, the, I can't even get a call returned from Senator Roy Blunt. So I have appreciated the fact that people who are still in Republican politics are uh, talking to me. So people I appreciate love you, that. Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, and Paula Hardin and Diane Neff and Annette oh, yeah. Reed and Renee Artman and all your St. Louis people. St. Louis have been really good to me. And so look, can I just say this? I just want to say thank you for, for being so fair and unbiased and bringing us in and talking to us. Yeah, we buddy. Have not, we have not gotten a, sh- a good fair shake from most of the media. But you have always been friendly to us, and I'll appreciate you. No matter what happens on August 7th, I think we should be proud of ourselves and what we've accomplished. I think I've brought more people to the ideas and principles of liberty. So, again, either way, I feel confident that I've done a public service here with yeah. this campaign. You know, we're talking to uh, Mark Anthony Jones uh, earlier in the week. Uh, I, I, before you get away, I do want to ask you about that really quickly oh, yeah. because I forgot – because we've, it's been the last couple – a uh, few days since I've been back from Italy, we had uh, Ben talking to us about this, mm-hmm. and we had uh, Sonny Wilson in. We had uh, Mark Anthony Jones in on Monday mm-hmm. about uh, from Kansas City, and you know him, right? Yeah. Uh, and and he seems to have a, a lot of love for you too, mm-hmm. but. He was the one lone vote on this executive committee, with the exception of one abstention here in, uh, from a St. Louis committee member, on this decision to support Josh Hawley before the mm-hmm. primary was even done. And he said that some of these campaigns, including yours, uh, might have some kind of recourse. I know you guys aren't litigious by any stretch of the imagination, but still might have some recourse when it comes to what this decision was. Mm-hmm. To suddenly come in as a party, suspend Rule 11, and back the Hawley campaign. Sure, it's entirely possible. But right now, I'm in the Battle of the Bulge. I'm in the Ardennes, and uh, you know, and the Nazis have us surrounded, and we're and we're like, good, we can fire in every direction. And frankly, I have enough powder to be able to get the job done, to push the Germans back and to head for the Rhine and to get across into into Berlin. The fact of the matter is, is that if I take my my eye off the prize right now, then I will lose. I am completely and totally focused on my mission. I have have six days to beat Josh Hawley and then turn around and fire Claire McCaskill by the greatest percentage that any senators want here in Missouri. It's possible. I'm the only Republican who's posted those kinds of double-digit leads. What I say to people who are curious, they say that they're trying to decide between my, um, the, we called the two front runners. KRZ, KZRG last night in, in Neosho finally said the two front runners, Austin and Josh. Oh, Hawley. really? Yep. Um, and so the, the, so right now when, you know, it's, it's what, uh, like I said, Ronald Reagan time for choosing. If we don't, if we don't join, we will die. It, it, I regret that I have but one campaign to offer my country if I don't win, but, the, but we can win. I'm the only one who can. And, uh, listen, the Republican party, I never expected them to play fair. Um, you know, their philosophy is if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Um, and so, so Jamie, I, I look forward to uh, winning the primary so we can send a powerful message to the Republican Party of Missouri and the National Committee that we will not tolerate this again. So that when I am 
the primary nominee. On August 8th, we're going to turn around and we're going to take a look at everybody and we're going to kumbaya for a little bit. But then once this is over, we will make sure that this never happens in the state of Missouri again. Not on my watch. We will have free and open primaries. All right. Austin Peterson, AP for Liberty on Twitter. When did the band's over, right? The band's over. 12 hours is all I got. The slap on the wrist for and the, the Twitter gulag. Uh, but uh, now I'm a, a available AP for Liberty, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can sign up to win the Ghost Gunner Machine. We'll announce it on primary day. AustinForSenate.com. Please make a donation. We need volunteers. We need phone bankers. We've got lots of people who are making phone calls that aren't even in this state. They're calling from all over the place. So please join our campaign. The revolution continues. Take over government so we can leave everyone alone. All right, brother. Godspeed. It's Austin Peterson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Appreciate you stopping in. And uh, take care, man. All the best. See you. All right, folks. There you have it. There you are. Ghost Gunner. You know, it's interesting. I Austin's right and kind of piggybacks on what I said earlier about the... I got drunk, by the way, with the guitarist for the Gin Blossoms in Nashville. I was down there. I, I don't know why he, he was there. They were performing. He was with another guy, and he... I don't know how I got lured into getting obliterated with the guys from the Gin Blossoms, but I did. They were drunker than I was, though. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I can't even remember. He was smoking outside of the uh, the hotel, the Opryland Hotel, I think. Yeah. And uh, I got into a conversation with him. I didn't even know he was with the Gin Blossoms until he started talking about it. Great song, by the way. And the other guy was a drummer or something. I was down there working on a project that I continue to work on. Austin Peterson mentioned Andrew Jackson. Been working on a, uh, and I kind of got sidetracked, but I've been working on a. Uh, project regarding Rachel Jackson who is Andrew Jackson's lovely heartbroken abused wife not heartbroken by him or abused by him but but abused by the system the first woman actually the first wife of a candidate who was ever attacked in political ads back in the day They didn't like Andrew Jackson, those folks from the eastern seaboard. They kind of uh, despised him. He was the first president not from the eastern seaboard. They didn't like those appellations, although Rachel they did like. She was uh, raised, born and raised in the D.C. area. Her dad was in the Union Army and... But she wound up, they, they founded Nashville, her family did, the Donaldsons. And they were run out by the Indians at first. And then they came back. And Rachel Jackson smoked a pipe. It was a little metal pipe. 
Yeah. She uh, she's really cool. And they liked her. She got along with like John Quincy Adams and James Monroe. They hated Andrew Jackson, but their wives loved Rachel. So they all hung out together. But John Quincy Adams was kind of a dick, to tell you the truth. Sorry, I'm sorry to use that kind of language, but he I'm sorry I normally wouldn't Well yeah, I did. I said that on the old station, but yeah, he uh He's kind of a jerk, John Quincy Adams was. James Monroe wasn't that bad, but Quincy Adams, because he was, you know, an entitled little, little kind of brat, an offspring of uh, John Adams, and so he felt like he was owed everything. So he didn't get along with, uh, didn't get along with old Andrew Jackson, and then they abused his wife in campaigns and everything else, and then she wound up. Rachel Jackson did. It was a homesteader, great woman. Helped her husband so greatly. Was was oftentimes uh, left alone because he was off in the battlefield. He actually plucked an Indian boy off the battlefield. They raised him. So they had another son. It was an Indian that plucked off the battlefield. Anyway, so she uh, goes through all this crap abused, maligned, everything else, goes through all this crap, and then uh, dies in the December before Andrew Jackson's inauguration. Can you believe that? Because she was so depressed and, and, and so burned by by the treatment of her that it wore, it wore on her actually made her sick almost so he's elected president of the United States and she dies a month before he's inaugurated she was buried in her in her inauguration gown yeah Rachel Jackson was so I was been down there I was in, in that's why I was down there in Nashville and I uh, want to run into these goofuses this guitarist, this guy right here. So anyway, long way to get long, long story short, basically. But what I was saying earlier about the guns, I, I really are we still on Facebook? Okay, good. They haven't kicked us off. I think if I talk over this music, maybe, maybe, maybe because I got a snoutful with the guitarist, he's they're like giving me a break. He's Facebook said, We're gonna take him off, and he's like, No, I don't even remember the guy's name. No, don't take him off. He he bought me a drink at the Opryland Hotel. Leave him alone. Actually, it wasn't the Opryland Hotel because I was down there for George Jones' funeral. It was the other hotel over there. I don't know what, Renaissance or whatever it was. Anyway, so what I was saying earlier about the guns. Yeah, these 3D guns and the ghost guns, gunner machines and all those things. Folks, they're not, they're not going to be – I guess a terrorist organization could possibly manufacture guns under the radar and then suddenly pop out of nowhere. But terrorist organizations have already popped out of nowhere. And, and terrorist organizations know how to get weaponry. I mean, that hasn't been a – that hasn't seemingly been a problem for them before. So the people who are really going to use all the 3D stuff, and by the way, I began the show the way I'll ultimately end it here with with this. 
regardless of the outcome of the court case, 3D technology and the blueprints have always been readily available and will continue to be readily available to you on the Internet no matter what. President Obama's ban had to do with the international access to these blueprints. And believe me, they already the people who want them already have them. So, and it, it was a... It's it's not a big deal. So no matter what, you're still going to have this technology. The news media is acting as if this judge has stepped in and saved us from regular every hour bloodletting. Uh, and that's not the case. Uh, there's enough bloodletting already without 3D weaponry. And the people who actually use this technology and are – yeah, Julie – you're right, baby. I know, and I am. I am writing a book about Rachel. It just has taken me. Now I'm sidetracked on another project. So I was in the middle of it, and then I just got sidetracked. But I'll, it'll come. It'll come. So no, I. Uh, so the people who are actually doing this technology and being part of this technology are people who are gun enthusiasts. It's kind of like you know people who love the. Uh, the you know the you know they they have these um, Thunderbird kits. Right to 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 make Thunderbird car replicas, and a lot of people who want a Thunderbird go out and buy a Thunderbird. But then there are enthusiasts who actually uh, are into just simply making guns. They make things. It's like woodworking or metal crafting or blacksmithing or glass blowing or thunderbird modeling airplane models you know those guys who go up and they do their uh their they they fly the uh, those planes you know those electronic what do they call that yeah i don't know uh they fly those planes you know those big model airplanes Those things, when you're at the park hanging out with your family and you're thinking that the kamikaze are attacking you, those guys, they use 3D machines all the time because they make, they make their little model parts and their airplane parts with them. So believe me, the people who are the, uh, the ne'er-do-wells and the hoodlums and the people like that, they're not making guns. They're going out, they're, they're going out and buying guns, thank you very much. And plus, a lot of those people, if you're if you're really into this kind of stuff, you don't trust. You'd, you'd rather just go and to and get one from the gun store as opposed to make one. It's a lot easier, and it's a lot cheaper. So, I mean, you know, three D three D machines are really expensive anyway. Uh, we have radio controlled. Yeah, they've had uh, they have like radio control airplane conventions you know like uh the oshkosh air air show has real airplanes some people go and they have these other airplanes i've seen videos where they do they they show an airplane it's a model and it's crashing and it looks just like a real airplane they've got the you know they do the visuals on that anyway the uh this brand new ad have you seen this 
uh, Van Heusen, you like the the. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the you, you guys out there, and maybe you ladies out there, know what I'm talking about. The Van Heusen pant, for instance, uh, the the pair of pants. It used to be something they would sell like a J.C. Penny. You know, like Van Heusen pants. Like you, like normally you wouldn't really. Generally, it was an it was an economy buy. The Van Heusen shirt or the Van Heusen pant, or those kinds of things. But Van Heusen is a great example of companies that adapt to the modern age and compete. And so while Van Heusen used to be a brand that generally was a down-market, JCPenney clothing type of brand, has now started to compete with the bosses of the world and others by coming up with these kind of ultra modern type of designs. For instance, uh, now a days, people generally, men don't really wear pleated pants anymore. Like if you see a guy with pleated pants on, he's old school. You a pleated pants guy there, man? Okay like pleated dress pants. You, you rarely see pleated dress pants these days, but people still wear pleated dress pants and, and more power to them. I'm just saying that, that, that generally, if you're going to be more modern, you, you, would, you would do a uh, flat front pant as opposed to a pleated pant. That's just the, kind of the way it is. But if you're old school and you have pleated pants, then uh, more power to you. But the, uh, the situation is a little different when it comes to uh, like Hugo Boss, which is a kind of a hot or a very expensive brand of pant. And so uh, Van Heusen used to be more, and Lise is pointing out too, that there used to be like polyester, you know? And so, so anyway, when you, when you went through the JCPenney catalog or something like that, you'd see like a guy in a Van Heusen shirt or a Van Heusen pants. Anyway, they were kind of like considered to be down market. I'm not being a snob. I'm just saying generally they were more of the, uh, they were more of the accessible men's warehousey type of pant. So Van Heusen, much to its credit now, has kind of gotten with the program and they have come up with a, a thing called a, uh, a stretch pant, like a flex pants. And the flex collection is really actually just like Boss and just like some of these other pants you're going to find. I mean, in fact, I was over in Italy and I didn't buy it. I didn't buy any clothes in Italy. I was not going to buy a suit in Italy. But I'm saying I looked at some of the clothes here, and they're, like very, and they're all kind of like that really uh, thinning and, and, and really uh, – tighter material and 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 it reminds me of the Van Houston. So what Van Houston did was they came up with this really f- great ad and it's featured in Ad Week. That's that's uh, that's how much how much they're into this ad. But it's um I'll put a link up there on the in the Facebook comment section for you guys. So what they did was they made an ad that has these uh UFC fighters who are uh wearing the the clothes 
Uh, is, is is there a difference between UFC and MMA? I, 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 I don't know anything about this. But anyway, these guys are kicking the crap out of each other wearing the flex pants and the shirt and a tie. It's really awesome. Hold on. I mean, I'm going to have to skip the uh, skip the ad here. Hang on. Man, this is for. Here we go. These guys are sitting together at a, at a desk, like in an office. Stephen Thompson. And then the cage drops down. <laughs> These guys are wearing the flex pants and UFC fighting in the Van Heusen flex pant. All over stretch. <laughs> and they're batting their energy. By Van Heusen. With flex collar, flex waist, and all over flex fabric. Available at Coles. Only by Van Heusen. You're welcome. So it's a great ad because they're in the office and they're beating the crap out of each other and throwing each other over desks and chairs. And. You can buy all this stuff at Kohl's, which is perfect. But the but the coolest thing about this, and you guys know how ex- excited I am and how excited I get about branding and stuff like that. And and don't get me started on the Hardy's Chicken story. You guys know all about that. But to me, I'm I'm a big admirer and enthusiast about branding and marketing. I don't know why I'm so fascinated by it, but I'm 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 always hugely laudatory of companies that kind of roll with the times and roll with the changes and survive. And Van Heusen, which possibly could ultimately be a dinosaur, decided they were going to freshen everything up and be a brand at Kohl's and and, and attract an entirely new generation of men wearing their clothes. Because believe me, uh, this the people who are doing UFC and MMA and all that kind of stuff, you're talking about 25, 30-year-old guys, right? And you mentioned Van Heusen to them, and they wouldn't know it from Adam. And certainly if, if you mentioned that it used to be in a JCPenney's catalog all the time, they wouldn't go near it. But now it looks every bit like a boss brand or anything else. And so Van Heusen has managed to give themselves a brand new a brand new lease on life. And I always admire that kind of thing because oftentimes, because we've talked about Harley Davidson, for instance, you know, they had this great brand, this great opportunity, and then didn't market their street bike successfully enough or didn't maybe price it well enough or whatever. And then suddenly now, you know, they are kind of out of the market now and they're not doing very well and they just didn't adjust. They didn't do the marketing to adjust. And so when Van Heusen, which generally, if you mentioned Van Heusen to me, wouldn't go near the clothing, but believe me, now I see this, I'm thinking, damn, those, I bet, and I bet, I bet you they're, they're one third the cost of a Hugo Boss pair of pants, but they look every bit like a Hugo Boss pair of pants or a Hugo Boss shirt. So, good for them. 
And yeah, see, and least didn't have any idea that Van Houston was still in business, and and they are, and that's why I love I love uh, I love stories like this. So it's featured in Adweek. Let me put the let me put the link up there on the Facebook page for all y'all, so you can see it yourself. And in the meantime, you know what I'll do, just for you people, because it's because because you you because uh, Janet's demanding it. And I believe this is the inaugural Hardy's Chicken story on on Radio Free Almond. Although I bet you people will remind me that it that it's not because I have a feeling I've probably done it already on Radio Free Almond. But because because it's fun and because I want to tell it again, I'm going to hold on. Let me just let me get to you guys here real quickly. I'm t- taking care of business. I don't want my notifications. You um, let me just do this. Almost got. Almost screamed at my Facebook page, you know. Did that? I'm getting that ornery here. Oh, let me see here. I'll put it right there for you guys. Here you go. And then I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell the Hardy's Chicken story. There it is. There's your ad. There you go, baby. You'll love it. And you know what I'll do? I'll tell the Hardy's Chicken story. It won't be long, and I'll tell it. As the theme music goes out, that's how much I've been, I've been able to craft the abbreviation of the story uh, and, and put it into one nice little package. I'll be able to finish it. I'll be able to start it and finish it before the song ends. And it's a three-minute and 30-second song, okay? So here we go. So... Hardee's came up with a wise idea. They actually were known for their hamburgers. Hardee's, where good people go for good food, right? Oh, I thought it was Wendy's. I don't know. Anyway, Hardee's made hamburgers. People loved hamburgers at Hardee's. They loved the Hardee's hamburgers. So some goofball decided, I know what we'll do. Let's make fried chicken. And whoever listened to the goofball in the boardroom say, let's make fried chicken, they said, okay, we'll do that. So they started making fried chicken. They had chicken legs in the kids' meals. Used to go to one in Crestwood there off of Watson Road, where you had a happy meal, but it was a chicken leg instead of a hamburger. And everybody thought, oh, that'll be better for the kids. So Hardy's tried to make that. It started to make like six-piece chicken meals and three-piece chicken meals. And Hardy's, the hamburger joint, made amazing chicken. Their chicken was delicious. People loved it. It was almost better than Kentucky Fried Chicken or Churches or something like that. So they made chicken. People loved it. People flocked to Hardee's for their chicken. The problem was people also flocked to Hardee's still for the hamburgers. But they wound up standing in line behind people waiting for their chicken. They started to wait in the drive-thru for a half hour for a hamburger because they were behind two people who wanted fried chicken from Hardee's. Because you know why they had to wait so long? Because Hardee's knew how to make hamburgers fast, but they didn't know how to make fried chicken fast. They made the best fried chicken around, but they couldn't make it fast enough. So people started waiting in line behind people who wanted the chicken, and they weren't making the chicken fast enough. The hamburgers started smelling like the fried chicken. And finally, you know what people did? They gave up. 
the Hardee's restaurant where I used to take the kids who are now 28 and 26 respectively to buy the Happy Meals with the fried chicken leg in them. You know what it is now? It's a friggin' bank. It's not a Hardee's anymore because most of the Hardee's in St. Louis closed down because they decided to make fried chicken. They forgot who they were. They were not fried chicken people. They were hamburger people. So they all closed down. They burned to the ground, basically. And they came back with the biggest, fattest, most gigantic burgers you're going to find anywhere designed only for the 23-year-old male who can digest that and who can actually get through it with his metabolism. So Hardee's, out of the ashes, became the phoenix and the big fat burger. They survived, but only barely. You always have to maintain and remember who you are and remember your brand. Have a great day, everybody.